What's up, you glorious, 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 glorious people? Did you think that was skipping? If you're one of the people that hates me, more for you. You shouldn't be watching this. Go and listen or watch anything else. You could watch one of those videos of a horrific scene that you like so much, considering you don't like the Downbeat podcast. Trying to make this as annoying as possible, but as quick as possible. Also trying to do it with no edits. I'd really like to get better at this. So let's just get straight into it. I've got a lot of these to do, if I'm honest with you. I've got a ton. Before I talk to you about my guest, who is uh, maybe the best drummer in the world and his wisdom, let's run down the lovely people who support this podcast, not by going to patreon.com forward slash the downbeat and giving us a quid. It's only a quid. You get early access to merch. You get episodes early. You might get some other perks. Not those people. Not the people that go to www.thedownbe.at so it spells downbeat and buy a t-shirt and support that way. Not those people. But the lovely people at Displate who sponsor the Downbeat podcast. Displate make metal posters. Literally metal. The material, metal. What is there? There's wood. There's paper. There's... What's another material? Rock. Then there's metal. Metal's obviously the best one. Best music. Best thing to make posters with. No archaic paper fraying rubbish. No having to buy a frame, drilling holes in the wall. Displays mount on the wall with a magnet. I've got a million in the background of this podcast, in the background of this intro, in my drum room, in my bathroom. I'm looking at them right now in my stairwell. I've got tons. Yeah, I've got a stairwell. Listeners of the Downbeat podcast can get 22% off one to three displays or 33% off three or more displays at displate.com using the code DOWNBEAT. That's displate.com. Use the code DOWNBEAT. Support me, support the podcast, support your walls, support looking cool in the area you choose to live. I always wanted to know how to play the guitar. It's not an ad for that, right? If you remember that ad, it's not an ad for that. Stay with me. It's the same ballpark. Are you a guitarist? You've managed to get this far. You've managed to get through the military-grade anti-guitarist systems at the downbeat. And I feel like it's only fair that I give you an offer for that. The lovely people at Neural DSP are giving listeners of the Downbeat podcast a whopping 30% off. That's 30 with an F, 30% off any of their plugins. So you can plug your guitar in and sound like anyone from Gojira to Pliny, Tim Henson, Tom Morello, you want to sound like Stray? Load that one up. There's a nolly pack. If you're listening to this podcast, you know all these people. You want to get that tone straight out of the box or you can fiddle with it. I've been doing some fiddling. I don't even play the guitar. It's making me sound good. So look forward to my side project. Don't know what that's going to be. Not only do you support the podcast, but you support the wonderful people at Neuron bringing these plugins and they are wonderful people. Side note, got pretty hammered with them at NAM. 30% off any plugin at neuraldsp.com, excluding new releases until 90 days after they've released. The code is downbeat. That's downbeat at neuraldsp.com. Let's get back to the show. My guest on the Downbeat podcast this week is Matt Gasker, coming back on episode number three. The only guest that all three episodes have been done in person. His second episode was a video episode, admittedly before I had all these nice cameras. This episode, we went deep. We went deep AF, drums, gym. I just scratched his brain and I just was just like, what is in this thing? Teach me all about it. He has unbelievable lesson packs, which are unbelievably cheap, available at matt-gasker.myshopify.com. Matt, side note, 
buy a better domain. Unbelievable guy, great friend. Shout out to the guy. We went for coffee before the podcast. We went for coffee after the gym. The man lifts like a maniac as well. One of the waiters, I'm smiling because it was so sick. One of the waiters was like, is this downbeat podcast round three? Matt was impressed. I looked cool. It's Matt Gasker on the Downbeat Podcast. Matthew Gasker. Yes, sir. <laughs> We've been hanging out all day, so let's just we'll act like we haven't. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. Of course. Always. I, it's like, always a good chat. I'm so fucking stoked. I'm, I am too. I'm, I'm glad we got a lift in. That, that was awesome. We got a, we got a great lift in. This yes. motherfucker is so strong. Mm, you, not really. Because I'm looking at the guys who are, you know, deadlifting 600, 700 pounds. And, I mean, or bench pressing... Uh, three three plates on each side, three fifteen. So you're so no, close to that. What did you do today? Two seventy five. Two seventy five. Yeah, that's a lot of weight in yeah. bags of sugar. You know, that's one hundred and twenty. That's a lot of bags that's, of sugar. It's fucking good math. That was quick. <laughs> it's around one twenty. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, you were you were close, and then you hit the ninety dumbbells for incline. No, you went to ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. But who's counted? I saw your fucking <laughs> eyes drop when I said 90s and you, your eyes went 95, but you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I was doing hundreds before I left for tour, so that that sucks. Constant. I mean, y- you can relate. Every time you go on tour, um, not having the proper resources with food and resources with a gym, a proper gym, it, you know, what? something you have to like recover from. What do you? I love the fact we're just going straight in on lifting. The dream podcast guest, lifter, one of the greatest drummers in the world. Like what? Per, shut the fuck up! Literally perfect. Oi, right, so on uh, on tour, what is what like? How often are you go to the gym, and have you got like a chain, or are you just this this past one? I was going three days a week, and I was and it took me a while to sort it out because I was trying to keep like the bro split type thing you know um for a while there but i ended up just going three days and being like i was like a couple weeks in it was a seven week tour so a couple weeks in i was like all right hitting three days a week i'm gonna hit full body each one of those days monday wednesday friday and i'm gonna hit it hard monday and hit it hard friday and then wednesday is gonna be like my I'm still hitting full body. I'm still hitting legs, hardly legs, because we've talked about this too. It's like double bass drumming with doms in your legs is, it's fucked. Impossible and not fun. No. Performance suffers. No, it sucks. But you hit legs hard. And my legs get bigger too. Like I literally, my rim shots, it's like now I have to raise my snare because. Outgrowing your drums like Literally, a baby. it's like. I have good leg genetics. Same. And forearm and calf genetics. So, like. Drama shit. You've got fucking 
I was kind of bummed that you didn't have shorts on today. Not not to be like super fucking. Sounds pretty. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> sus, my dude. Damn, like, I really wish you had shorts. Hey, on. you're like, you're dear. the best drummer in the world. I wish you were wearing shorts. No, but like wow. you had. There's a video of you like playing. I, I can see him right now. Your yeah. calves. Look at that. Yeah, I don't even. I don't. I don't work them. That, I'm so jealous. I got no calves, and you know what it's like if you got no calves. They ain't coming. Yeah, it sucks. I'm gonna get on the synthol. Just fucking <laughs> just inject myself with oil. Don't, Don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah. That's the worst. Have you seen that guy that's got like it just put synthol? If anyone doesn't know, synthol is like yeah. an oil that idiots will inject into their muscles to make the muscle bigger. But I think a- it inflames it and like it permanently blows them up, but it also looks horrifying. It, 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 it doesn't look like a muscle yeah it looks like a, it looks like someone's photoshopped you in, i think you in like real life. kill your flesh or something i don't know what it does but it's there's that guy it's like the lip fillers for girls it's like this is monday you're going hard wednesday you're going hard basically that's oh, right monday friday. monday and friday i'm going hard and then wednesday the middle day is when i'm like it's active recovery kind of how long, but also like how long i'm in the gym full body He's a fucking long workout. It is. What's like, the split? Give me, give me an hour and a half, you... two hours, something like that. And it doesn't. You're you're literally doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're not doing. Oh, I have a day off here, so I'll do it. You're just sticking to it, even if there's a show day. Yeah, which is it's kind of fine. Um, some days, because like I'm not doing, you know, twelve sets of arms and then twelve sets of. Uh, legs or like 12 sets of chest 12 sets of back it's not like that it's like you know i'll do four to six of arms or a buys and then four to six of tries you know four to six of chest and i'll favor i'll like monday might be like a you know i'm favoring chest more and favoring you know tries more or something and then an on Friday when I'm going hard again, then I'm favoring back and buys more. So do you find I'm still slating kind of like a bro split? Yeah. Is there a reason but you only do still. three days? Do you not get fucking bored? <sighs> I- yeah, I do. But like, it's also just like every day I was realizing it, uh, was just detracting from the energy that I could bring in the show. And that's the ultimate thing that I, you know, if it's if if anything's affecting my performance, including caffeine, it's like, you know, I'm enjoying being back home and being able to drink as much freaking coffee as I want. But when the first couple weeks I'm on the road, it was actually the first three weeks, I couldn't have more than like a double shot of espresso. Usually, I'm having Why? S- s- like six shots. Yeah, and I could only you. have I've seen two. You have six in a pre-workout today, dude. I- it's adrenaline. It's 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 literally. Why can't too you do much that adrenaline, too much. like the the caffeine, and then doing a show. It's like, oh my god, this is too much. Yeah, because what, what I naturally get from just getting on the stage is like, I uh, I could go crazy right now. Like, yeah, you know. And if you have too much caffeine, you what like rush or just feel fucking I'm, just less in control, less um, precise, and less. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you not uh, get like a? Do you not get a fucking? When you when do you have that first double double shot? When do you have it? Like, a.m. 
Yes. And then you don't have another Early. you don't have another one all day. Correct. And if I have it too close to the show, that's also that will also mess me up. Yeah. Well, see, my problem is straight from the path, we have a ritual which is to shotgun a Red Bull before the show. Literally mm. pre stage. Yeah. And I drink coffee all day. And I think it definitely affects me. I'm definitely it's a fucking stimulant. I'm ahead of the click. Yeah. And it's hard to get back there. Because there'll be some days when I'm like a little bit hungover or something and then I play and I'm like, oh, I'm in the pocket. And it's because the coffee and the <laughs> adrenaline. I play and, the, and, the, and the hungoverness <laughs> is balancing out. It's perfect. <laughs> it's absolutely. It's a chemical perfection, which I've, is very hard to get. I've had days where I'm hungover um, cause I, I don't like to drink on tour, but like sometimes I will. And just cause I'm like, all right, I'm ready to let loose or whatever. And then some days when I'm like kind of hungover or like I've drank the night before I play amazing the next day, mm. but you also have to like, be careful what you're extrapolating because then you could be like, oh, well, you know, I wore black socks today, so I need to wear black socks every day. It's like, that's, that's I, mm, it's not a good practice hung over every day to play good yeah, and trust no, me that doesn't don't work don't think like that have you got any like this has to like like a like a crazy fucking superstition you got anything nothing nothing i'm not a superstitious person what about i, I believe that our thoughts have an impact on the way that we perceive life and the way that we go about things like before getting on stage thinking oh man i i i drank last night or like oh i i had two coffees today instead of one and or like oh i didn't get to sound check and like get, being too neurotic yeah can those thoughts can most certainly impact Jeez. how we feel and then it's cyclical. Then it, it affects our actions. Then we look at our actions and we're like, oh, well, this is clearly real. So it makes it more real. And it's like cyclical. Like you will so, it into existence almost by worrying about it. Yeah. So you don't, have you got any like ways that you mitigate that? Because the, the examples you just gave are so specific that they must definitely pop into your head. Oh, yeah. The, I'm more on the neurotic side. Yeah, and, I was going to say, you can't be that good and not neurotic. So how do you yeah. deal with it is it's, my question. It's part of what, that, see, this is the huge dichotomy that I'm realizing is that there's like, there's kind of two um, meta personalities or like meta men, you know, yeah. um, not to be sexist, but like, you know what I'm saying? Archetypes. Yeah. So like one is the super artsy, creative, free person that's just like, fuck it, I'm going to play and just, they just get on stage and they just rock it and they don't think twice about anything and they might be messed up on drugs they might be they might just be like they don't practice or they have a harder time practicing actually because that requires them to be um to have foresight yeah and to think oh well i need to work on this stuff and be organized and that's not their archetype their archetype is just go for it and live in the moment and so they get really good at performing and living in that space whereas the other archetype is like the disciplined neurotic person that thinks ahead who probably has some sort of trauma be from that yeah. where something triggers them to be like, Oh, I need to think ahead. I need to, you know, not do this so that 
uh, or do this so that this other thing doesn't happen to me. I guess one way I'm trying to let go of that neuroticism is to like, I've been reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watts, do you know? I know Alan Watts, yeah. Yeah, so he went to Japan at one time to study Zen. And its basis is that it's a way of liberation, right? So essentially, because it's a way of liberation, to, to say what... <sighs> To say what it is, is kind of the wrong approach because then you're putting confines on it already. So you kind of have to say what it is not, um, much like removing pieces from a sculpture to reveal its form, you know, because it's supposed to liberate you. So you can't just be like, you know, the part of it's like trying to be free is still going to chain you yeah. and put shackles on you in a way um, because you're still trying to achieve something. The, the you're trying not to try yeah. or something like that. So like, so how are you, how are you doing it? Well, that's the thing. You just got to like kind of let go and realize that it's almost like what people say they experience like on DMT where they're like, some sort of disassociation with the reality, the reality that we've been fed, the conventions that we've been fed, and all of the thought processes that we tell ourselves, you know, are true. And I don't know. I wish I had. It's hard to explain. I, I wish I could come away. I've got two points on that. I wish I could have come away from my DMT experience with something like that. But as I told you earlier, I just saw It that. sounds like you did, though. You had some sort of like realization that almost nothing matters, you know, it's I like did. things matter, but also they don't. Yeah. My girlfriend hated it because I can't, if anyone doesn't know, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before, obviously, but like, obviously as well, if you were watching this, this is a joke and this didn't happen. Hypothetically, this happened. Um, but took DMT the world peeled back. I was on the bandwagon and everything was like N64 polygons and everyone looked like they were in the Simpsons and the saturation was turned up and everything was crazy. And then it disappeared. And once it disappeared, it looked like someone had turned the saturation down on life for a bit. But I realized, oh, I just saw what is behind all of this or something else. And now nothing matters. And I had a very chill, almost like what you're saying, like just go with the flow mentality but it, it needs recharging. Uh, it's gone again now. But I did read a book. It's quite similar. If you haven't read it, it's real. It's not, I don't know if you're a big reader, but there's an audio book, but there's also, it's also really short. It's called The Inner Game of Tennis. You ever heard of that book? No. Ooh, changed my fucking life performance-wise. You're going to fucking love it. I'll buy it for you. I, my uh, thing I'll now- get it. So I want to do it as a gift because my thing, my friend told me it, and now any one of my friends that I talk to that hasn't, uh, I think will like it. Not because you need it, but like, I'd like to buy it as a gift and be like, there you go. It's fucking. That'd be very cool. It's yeah. called The Inner Game of Tennis. I can't remember who it's by, but it's basically, he was, he was a tennis coach and he was basically trying to teach people. And he was, he was seeing that he, 
you could have like someone who is an extreme pro at tennis and this was like in the 70s you could have someone that's an extreme pro you're playing and they're serving and they're absolutely incredible every single time then you could ask that same person who did like a study you could ask the same person who is a pro what is it about your serve that makes it so good then they would explain to you what they think is making it so good and then the next serve they did would be dog shit because they've started thinking about it and the whole that's thing, part of the whole zen thing is must. that by articulating what something is in reality we're actually minimizing it we're putting it into speech because the reality is it's far more than that it's everything yeah. you know like everything in the universe has led up to this moment so in a way everything is you know being represented or it has that level of complexity yeah you know the minute you in start the experience that, like analyzing it you you start blowing it so the whole thing was like he was like that's crazy i'm gonna start teaching people how to let go like fucking alan watts yeah. type stuff but this is like specific to tennis but it's being specific to tennis is being specific to a musical instrument and performance and stuff like that yeah but one of the like it's a state of mind yeah one of the things that it like teaches you which I started doing. It was actually Freddie Sheed who plays drums for Lewis Capaldi who told me to get it. It's like, you, the way to do it, the ideal flow state, to get in the ideal flow state is to be far removed from the thing that you're doing mentally. So not concentrating on, oh fuck, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. Like the, like the fucking flow. But his thing is like, you visualize something about what you're doing, but far from far removed from what you're doing. So Freddie, Freddie, when he's playing, is thinking of he's visualizing his drumstick, but not looking at it. And he's visualizing all the little tiny chips that are happening in the drumstick. So his brain is present in drums and thinking about the drums and what he's doing, but he's not thinking about, oh, I've got this 16 note hi-hat pattern. He's thinking about the bits chipping off. So I was doing it while I was looking at my ride for entire sets. I would just be visualizing the, the, the warp of the symbol. And, I, mm. and I'm, not, I'm not worrying this hard section's coming up or I just fucked that bit up, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd like watch videos back and I was like, I was fucking nailing it. And I was present but not really. You're not getting in your own way. Yeah. The art of getting the fuck out of your own way. And Yeah. And I'm, all, all these books have a similar theme, but that one's real, real Just riding fucking, the wave. It's, it's difficult, man. Makes me think about like improvising when I'm, there might be like a solo section or something. And I found that like, I was almost never like looking at my drums and like being like, Oh, do this and that. It's like, I'm in my head yeah. and I'm, and I'm not imagining what it looks like on the kit. I'm imagining what it sounds like. And then I'm just kind of doing it. And it's like, I am being more sloppy because I'm not looking at what I'm doing. Yeah. And when I'm working on technique and stuff, I'm obviously more hand-eye coordination. I'm super fixated on that accuracy, so I'm going to be more accurate. So, like, there's a drawback, but at the same time, 
it's the vocabulary that you're focusing on yeah. and the expression um, and speaking, like what words you're, what message you're trying to speak as opposed to tripling and stumbling over the words. It's kind of like a, there's like a, a, a Buddhist adage that's like some, some grasshopper tells a centipede like, you know, oh, you're, you're very coordinated. Pray which leg goes after one another. And the centipede lays in a ditch trying to figure that out. Can't get out. Uh, yeah. Big brain fucking shit. That's big fucking brain shit. How, not to go off on it, it's not even on a tangent, but how do you build up improvising chops? This is me just wanting to know right now. Because when I see your improvised solos, number one, how much is actually improvised? I mean, and I have no idea what I'm going to play. Zero. One second before, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to play. Do you know how, how many and bars you have? Or is there a, well, of course, yeah. I don't know. Is there yeah. is there like a way out of it that everyone knows to come back in? Or is there a... No, we played a click, so it's like pretty known. This is the amount of bars. Does it have a... Does it tell you, Matt, solo over? No. Some people have that. I know. Not me. It's Matt, only eight click. bars left That's of it. your no. ripping solo. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> so wait, you, you don't know what you're doing. Does it develop I, throughout the tour? Is it like... Sometimes, you know, like we've gotten off the click before, like somebody rushes something and like I'm not on the click enough or I add a beat here or an eighth note or some shit and I screw up. In and the solo? Like, not in the solo, just like just it could general. be the song, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I, I don't know what I did because obviously I spaced out. Something happened. And Glitch. It's like, okay. Well, there's no markers now, so sometimes, yeah. Is I'm the, like, is there it would be markers? nice if there was like a one. Have you, you got know? no markers but at all? None. It's just click, man. Just click. Not even. That's it. And sometimes in certain some. sections, it'll it'll be like, it'll be like, da, 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 da. and then of course, if we go like, then I'm gonna change the clicks. I program all the clicks, so yeah. I'm gonna change it to be. Triplet subdivision. Wait, 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 wait. Are you playing to a 16th note click live? Or is it it's, an eighth? It's quarters, eighths. The only time it's 16ths is... No. Yeah, I was going to say, that's maybe, ludicrous uh, behavior. Actually, I think... No, not even on a rhythmo. Um, yeah. But you don't have any, any markers, because even I've got... Uh, my click is... Uh, Klopfgeist or whatever the logic. Same here. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. Yeah, brother. But I have before a chorus and out of a chorus and into a new section, I just have once to tell me that the next bit is coming. You don't even have that? No. I just count and know the yeah, song. But you just told me you fuck up. <laughs> well, it does happen, yeah, but it's like, you know, once every 50 shows or nice. something, you know? What's I? I actually I do love having the having the high just the one bar of high pitch before a new section because it's just a little pat on the back while I'm playing like you're good everything's everything's going to plan I quite like it yeah that that's that's smart I mean that oh. I like that 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 might should be maybe, a thing maybe treat yourself yeah. 
after you sound just a little, like, a little octave. Sounds like work reprogramming oh, it's, that click. It's so much fucking work. <laughs> I have to do that. We have a tour coming up and we're doing a bunch of doing a bunch of like stuff that's gonna be time code for the first time ever. Like lights and shit like that. Oh yeah. But currently I just have I run our click and our samples off a phone with a splitter. I'm fucking a phone. A phone this phone right here in my pocket. This phone right here. We have a backup. The same one you're searching the The same one I'm looking for pornography on in my bunk. (laughs) That's what I was getting to. (laughs) In my bunk. The same phone that provides a rocking show (laughs) provides me with a rocking show about two hours afterwards. But yeah. You ever gotten like a ding through the front of house? Oh my God. Do you know what the fucking problem is? That the... In the UK, you can turn it off, but you know there's the, the... notification that comes up and says your headphone volume is too loud over the last fucking six days your headphone volume has exceeded this and in the uk you can turn it off you probably don't you don't look like you, you know what i'm talking turning about into yeah. bitches I know. <laughs> exactly you guys that. need you guys can turn to it off. rethink what's what's going what's, on what's important there. yeah they um you guys can turn it off but ours we can't so when sometimes about halfway into the tour, because obviously the phone has to be on loud. I, mm-hmm. I put it into airplane mode and everything, but sometimes halfway through the tour, it will just go, Ding! and then it automatically drops the volume as well. Oh my god! But we don't Bro, have we don't have that much samples. Need- <laughs> but oh yeah, Ronnie's been telling me like there's some. You need that freedom phone, man. That American uh, phone. Uh, you need to get yourself. A- I need to not be using a fucking. <laughs> that's phone. That's also yeah, a thirteen inch MacBook. Yeah, but now that seems like work. Oh, I've got to have a little desk, set it all up, do all that shit. Yeah. Do you have one but... one logic folder and that's the whole set? And then you just press the space bar and play along to it? Yes. And we have markers in the session where we can, you know, you learn the control and then directional arrow or whatever um, that gets you from one marker to another and it's easy live. So wait, you do stop between songs you don't yes. just press play and go oh that's cool because i was i was expecting with this time code thing i'm gonna have to fucking press space bar and just hope for the best no for, the time code will it, so every <clears throat> yeah so every we're, we're running time code on this last tour and um it tells like you could start in the middle of the song and th- the time code will tell the lights exactly yeah. where it is in the song you don't have to start it from the beginning oh thank god because i was worrying about that i was just like i don't want to do that what, what if something happens what if we have to stop the show what it the should fuck? be that way i'm pretty there sh- was one tour we did where one person was like no it's got to be from the beginning or something turns out it's turns bullshit. Out fucking talking absolute dog shit anyway back on the fucking solo thing because you didn't answer my question Do, does it just come from nowhere Oh, does it, does it, does it like you, day one of the tour, it comes from zero and then day two, do you elaborate on what you did in day one? The conventional Western thought is that I will learn paradiddles and I will learn single stroke rolls and I will learn double stroke rolls and I will learn all these different patterns on the drum set and I will learn how to orchestrate them differently. And then through that knowledge, I will suddenly be able to put them together in a musical fashion. 
Um, that was how I learned the drums. And let me tell you, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. There's a, ca- there, there's a great chasm between the conventional knowledge and just f- playing and just doing it. Um, so, like, the natural players that just learn by ear and just by feel, uh, they have a massive advantage in that they can stream from the ether, basically. Yeah. Um, and they're subconscious. That's a b- basically what you're doing. Uh, but if they don't have the, the technique chops, it's not, well, that's only if they don't go too have far. the ability to control, pa- they don't, they're not well versed in controlling pattern, basically playing pat de- decoding and analyzing that yeah. analytical part of your brain, then that's a problem too. Cause then they can't repeat stuff. Um, so like, it's kind of this interplay between what I would say is like, you know, yin and yang. The masculine is like the daytime. It represents um, convention. It represents structure, like routine, you know, patterns, mathematics, thought processes like that. And then the the feminine is represented by night. It's represented by chaos. It's represented by... Um, yeah, non, non-structure. And so like you need a bit of chaos in music. Like if everything was structure, then every, everything would be predictable. Basically yeah. things would just, they would be repeating patterns and the whole, like think about it arrangement wise. What's the bridge in a song? That's the part that, almost washes your ear from the verses and choruses you've been hearing and makes it feel different coming back into that chorus than it felt coming from a verse or palate cleanser kind of like that. Yeah. And dissonance can be the same thing. Like you can create dissonance and, and like either harmonically or rhythmically to make that pocket or make that, um, harmony, that consonance hit and be more effective. Um, so like, I don't know when I'm, when I'm improvising, it's really like, you know, I used to think of patterns and I used to think of what I'm trying to say rhythmically, but now I'm also just thinking like, you know, um, streaming from the ether, but also if my conscious brain has an idea to go, you know, and I know that pattern, yeah, then I'm not going to say no. So go with that. Get out of my own way, basically. And so it's like this inner, this constant interplay. And sometimes it's, it's the pattern me and the, the, you know, that part of my brain that is activating. And then sometimes it's from like a vocabulary standpoint, like expressing some certain you know and it's like how am i gonna do that and it's just like i don't know i'm just gonna go for it which and i probably have the facility to do that which came first for you out of those two sides though like or did you always have that balance because for me i was the way i was taught and then the way like you said like your example was i was just like well I was thinking I was smart. I was like, well, I'll just learn all of the rudiments and that will be me. 
that'll be it complete. No, I yeah. learned them all and was like, okay, but why is everything I do on one? <laughs> like, well, then I had to develop the vocabulary stuff, like did using you hear it me, elsewhere. When, and when was this that you were developing those patterns? Fucking ages. I'm talking like when I was 16 or whatever. 16. Right. You, so you had heard music before that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> then I would say... <laughs> Uh, then the part of us that is just streaming from the ether, what, what are we streaming from? We're streaming from all the music that we have within us that we've heard. And we're going to be shot at expressing it if we've never tried to do that before or never done it naturally. Like the nat naturally, usually the music gets within us. We, we feel it. And then we try to express it, you know, because we, we love it so much. And so for me, I was like, at a very young age, I was moved by music. Like, you know, my dad's blues rock reggae band and, you know, David Lee Roth and, uh, um, Bob Marley. And like, that's like deep within my soul, you know, but Eventually, like, I was like, oh, I want to play this instrument. I like banging on these drums. And so I started getting taught how to play the drums conventionally. So, like, I had this expression within me. I think we all do. It's just learning the discipline of it. Or there's natural people that they just express it naturally. Um but I kind of think there's a marriage that makes you a, a super master. You can't be a master without having some sort of discipline, um, repetitiousness, some sort of obs obsessive compulsory yeah, getting the reps quality. In. Yeah. Um, and also, like for me, a master is not just someone who's technically learned all this stuff. And they can play anything Dave Weckl can play. They learned Dave Weckl. And they, you know, like a 12-year-old that learns, some Asian 12-year-old that, that learns that Dave Weckl. One of your songs. One of my songs. <laughs> when it, you know, and it's like, is this a master? And it's like, no. Why? Is it because of their age? Not exactly. No. It's Wait, because you they're, got beef, they're... You got beef with kid drummers? No. <laughs> but I, I kind of, I kind of got beef with kid drummers. Well, I, I think they should. It, it takes. Obviously, they're trying to do it, and they have the commitment to to learn something very difficult. But I think at the same time, you're not looking at what makes Dave Weckl so freaking great. It's it's because he had created his own style and his own way and otherwise if it was just if he was just some carbon copy of someone else we'd be talking about these someone else you yeah. know so like i think in society there's like oh well i can do this thing so i am that but it's like when we're talking about something creative it's like no there's there's a level of pioneering and a, a level of individual thought and taste and curating that which is we above, need to consider. above master so there's master and then there's creator for me a master has to have that creative element like there's guys i'm not gonna name them but there's guys who are technically 
very proficient. I'm going to name them. <laughs> when I listen to them, I do not hear a character. I do not hear like an individual voice and I, and I'm not moved and it's very clean playing. The patterns are there. The discipline is there. The precision is there, but the individuality and the, there's like gotta be a certain grit, you know, there's like, it's like, I don't know. It's I know, like I a, know exactly, like human exactly quality what you mean. or something that yeah. I like, not necessarily sloppiness, but like just, at some point you become, if you're, if you're just learning, I mean, I'm biased because I've never learned someone else's song in my life other than, unless I was getting paid for it. Like when I joined Stray, there was a previous drummer, like however long ago it was, fucking seven years ago. Now. There was a previous drummer, but I was getting paid to learn his parts. So I learned his parts, but I've never been a, I'm going to, I liken it to like, you know, when people build ships inside a bottle. Yeah. Not for me. Right, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's but so like, hyper specific. But no, but like <laughs> learning a cover note for note. Yeah, it, I'd rather put a fucking chip in a bottle. Like it's the same thing. It's I'm, I'm, I'm reading the instructions. Yeah. Of how to put the ship in the bottle, and all I'm doing is this, and eventually I've got the ship in the bottle from the front cover of the thing. That's how I view a drum cover. Personally, yeah. you're doing it to note be for honest, note. I'm the same way. And but you're better watch than me. my transcription sales plummet because no. it's like, well, Matt Garska doesn't learn no. anyone else's stuff note for note. So why would I learn it? Here's, here's what I'll say too, though. Yeah, um, get those sales in now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you know what I'm it's saying? It's all business. Brain. Here's what I'll also say, though. There, there's something. Oh, I'd be stealing licks. Don't get me wrong about that. I'll be stealing some licks. Anyway, carry on. There's like uh, something to learning still music and a player's expression. You know, I think it's like, cause I, I learned out of a lot of books and I think, um, technically it helped me so much and, and creatively too, to be able to analyze things and break them down so that I could then kind of have my own style. But like, I do think that it's, it's actually really good to, you know, learn whatever, it's repertoire right so learn whatever players like groove it might be like sissy strut groove or something did, like that did learn that did learn that one seven 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 ninety three eleven you know <laughs> fucking tune <laughs> scream my d please uh yeah yeah I, I do think that's important because then we're grounding ourselves in music so um, but I just, I also just listened to music and absorbed it by osmosis, I think. And then I was also developing technical stuff and to such a high degree that I was able to kind of counterbalance those two things. So you, kind of, you could figure out from listening because you done the technical stuff you could go oh i like that oh that's what that is yeah do you think eventually like yeah there's things that i would try to figure out by ear and i couldn't until i started learning these patterns and then all of a sudden that's what i was going to get to so easy to hear it was you know what the 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 like lifting the veil moment for me was and it probably was for you but it was probably when you were like fucking four or something but like it was groups of three 
but not in three time. So like groups of three over the bar, groups of five, groups of seven. The minute I learned You're talking those about groups the, of three and 16th notes as opposed yeah, to groups of triplets. three and triplets. Yeah. Yeah. The minute I unlocked that part of my brain, mm -hmm. vocabulary got better. Understanding of what was happening in music I was listening to got better. And then like threes, fives and sevens went... It, I reckon it was, I reckon I was 20 by the time. Wow. Yeah, I had a bad drum teacher. And then I went to music school, fucking blagged my way into music school when I was like 20. And it was like less than fucking three or something, like it should be. And then I was like, wait a minute, these triplets are straight. <laughs> and then it was like, it fucking unlocked the most insane part of my brain. Yeah, you were essentially just a guitar player up until that point. You had <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this uh, I I give guitar players shit because my girlfriend. I'm surrounded by them. Obviously, I'm on band with two of them. My dad's a guitar player. My best friend's a guitar player. My other friends, they're guitar players. My girlfriend's a guitar player, and like, so like, yeah. And Do you want to see? She'll be like, oh, I was playing different. You know, I was playing in different. Um, I was using your legs. Different groupings or something like that. And I'm like, no, you weren't. You were playing different subdivisions, which <laughs> yeah, is not necessarily no. different groupings. Yeah. Well, so, you know how much constant, how much beef, how much beef that I give to guitar players. This artwork right here looks like a burning church. Look really closely there. What's I, I don't have my glasses. It says guitar shop. Just a little little secret joke there. If you're just listening to the audio of this, fuck you, because this cost me four thousand um, pounds. But the downbeat T-shirt, which is now a lovely display with the burning church on it, it's actually not a burning church. It's a it's guitar a burning shop. Sh guitar I love shop. guitars. It was just a little little joke. Little I feel joke like there. I'm a guitar player at heart, but yeah, I'm still. Can a you play any other instrument? Yeah, yeah. I can play keys and bass and guitar, but like. Not enough to play a gig. Not to write but, mastering time for the guitar. Uh, actually, I am working on that. Oh right. no! What? I... Okay, so come on, talk me. I am because I want to. I want to help guitar players improve their time. So, like this motherfucker. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to basically like. I I figured out the notation for like thumps and stuff because like. With animals, it's like, you know, a bunch of these riffs, like, I've basically come up with, and it's just because I'm, I have phrases that have numbers attached to them, they're sequences. So it's like, you know. Wait, explain I'm this like I'm five, because I am fucking five. Okay, so I could essentially be like, okay, here's a cool way to break up four, four, you know, 16th notes and one measure of four, right? The 16th notes. We'll do three five five three, you know. And then we could do five three three five. I can hear toasted. And and so like then we do five three three five. And then, you know, you can sandwich those next to each other. And then that's, you know, I don't know. There's this whole rabbit hole you can start to go down. And then you start using different groupings and triplets. And so there's like a thump section that I already basically have written. What do you mean thump? Thump, like the technique. Oh, that is that what it's called? Yeah, when he's like using his thumb. And it's super attacky. I didn't, I didn't know what it was called. It's actually okay. a bass technique that, oh, like, that um, Wooten came up with. I think is it, it was slapping? Wooten. Is it slapping? 
yes, it's basically, it's that. But, like, you, you have, like, well, yeah, slapping is, like, the down and then a pluck. But this is, like, down and then you go up with the thumb. And then you pluck the other fingers. So down, up, and then index, middle, ring gives you a group of five. Wow. Yeah. But don't let me, don't let me And they don't like to do sixes because then they got to use their pinky. Oh. And that's their like. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to use one. an extra bit of one of the two limbs that you use. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you guys. Anyway, don't let me derail you. What are you coming up with? Making guitars. Okay, so that so there's that section, and then there's also uh, yeah, it's mastering time for guitarists. So it's I it's made that as a joke. I know, but it, I'm actually trying to it, for like a, a couple years now. But I'm um, I don't know. I'm gonna do it eventually. But like, there's also a section that's based off of double bass. Yeah. So with double bass, we have all these kick patterns that it's like, well, we want to lead with our right, right? Yeah, and. Then we'll come up with Except patterns specifically. <laughs> yeah. In, we'll get into that. Unless your non-dominant foot is actually your dominant foot. and you're, yeah. you're, You have a brain disease or something. Yeah. Anyway. You uh, identify as a, I, <laughs> a left as, foot kick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you're a left foot kick player, but you identify as a right kick player. So yeah, that's know, it's right. bad for me. Yeah. I'm, but anyways. I'm, trying, no, I'm not even going to go. Next. <laughs> We're getting Continue. dangerous territory. Uh, okay, so basically you'll have like bleed like but a bit the but a bit the but a bit the but a bit the and that's a nice pattern because it's one two three four one two three four so you have right left right left right left right left. It's also very easy on guitar because you have a downstroke and an upstroke. So just like we have a right kick and a left kick, they have a downstroke and an upstroke. So like it's very easy for them, and so so there's these certain that's both parts of the song. Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's a lot of patterns like that. Like, there's also, like, you know, we have, like, back fife and gazisht, and you could be like, and that's, like, my kick pattern. That's part of why it's so economical. Your band's so good. I don't want to suck you off too much by your calves and shit, but fuck me, your band is good. Carry on. We try. We try. But, yeah, we're not for everyone, you know? Shut up. What, who hates animals as leaders? Women. Yeah, because it's fucking nerdy. It is nerdy boy music. But guess what? Why guess don't what? women guess what? like nerdy I mean, they, they, boys no, stuff? But this is, the, this is the thing. I feel like that about my podcast where I'm like, it is for everyone. But let me tell you about the metrics. The metrics are telling me it's That's not for everyone. That's what I'm saying. It's 98.9% men. Yeah, I think more women should be into drumming, should be into technical stuff. But, but you, you can't write Mastering Time for women because you'll be fucking cancelled <laughs> immediately. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm coming out with my new instructional book. <laughs> it's called Mastering Time for Women. I've made it super fucking easy for you, Gal. Oh, shit. You'd be fucking dead. Um, the Right, I want to get onto the fucking... Because I just, I literally just broke in and was just like, your band's really fucking good. But what I was actually thinking of the other day is like, you guys have, you have changed musicians and musicianship and all that shit. Because the bar is now you guys. Whereas it was, you came out and it was like, okay, this is fucking outlier behavior. 
and you still are obviously because you're still killing it but the whole bar is fucking raised like how many like like a shitty metalcore band in 2003 their breakdown would have been and now a shitty metalcore band's breakdown is groups of five like relatively big brain shit yeah where's the ceiling where's it going next well I mean, they've just figured out quintuplets as well, so you're fucked. Because that was that was the other thing where it was just like, oh, these bands are like copying animals as leaders, but they haven't figured out that you can play five as five as well, and now they are. Who? Just like quintuplets? Or are you talking about groups of five? No, that's different. So groups of five is what everyone caught on to. Yeah, and now everyone's doing groups of five. Mm-hmm. And for a while, they couldn't figure out because. Animals does it a lot where you will be in groups of five and then you switch to quintuplets. So it's like, it's as if there's the, oh, you Sometime, tell a couple it times. happens. Yeah. Tell me it happens. Okay, good. It happens. Fucking brain dance. Brain dance. Brain yeah. dance. There we there go. I'm go. a fucking pro. I'm a fan <laughs> and a podcaster. Right. So, all right. But the, 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 the fake big brains, let's call them smooth brains. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They figured out the fives, but then Brain Dance fucked them up because they were like, I don't know what's fucking happening here, but now they're learning the quintuplets. What's I think, next? I think that's good. Oh, it's great. I'm, um, I'm, I'm playing it off like it's bad, but I'm to to, to me, I, I think we should be progressing. And, you know, there's <sighs> Serbian wedding music that's in 11 and 17. That's different from the film. Yeah, no, no, that's not. <laughs> I haven't so, I mean, seen it, but I've heard about it. I've seen it. I'll die on this hill. It's a good horror film in that it's... I'm not a horror guy. Though. It's horrifying. Anyway, there's... So My being, brain is horrifying enough. There's, there's <laughs> hopefully not with the same content as the, the movie. There is a Serbian wedding music in what? 17. And that's normal for them. Seventeen, they dance sixteen, to it. or seventeen eight. Seventeen sixteen, my G. Oh, yes, yeah, and they dance to it. Seventeen sixteen. Yes, and they dance to it, and eleven as well. Fuck that. It depends on how it's broken up, you know. Like, it, <sighs> how are you making seventeen sixteen groove? Ask the Serbians, <laughs> but not the movie, <laughs> not the film. No, um, so I don't know. You know, I think part of this is social, and I think, you know, we, to a degree, we have to open our minds and be more receptive to listening actively and wanting to expand our minds and not just listening to music passively. I think the passive listening to pop music is a, and the radio is a huge, because most of the radio is passive. It's just on. Smooth brain shit. It's in the background. It's background music when you're studying or doing stuff. It's like, that's not the way I experience me. When I put music on, like, I listen to it. I'm, I'm, I'm a captive audience. And when people are trying to show me music and they're talking over it, I'm like, yo, what are you, shh, shh, let me listen. You know, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to show me this music? Well, then shut the fuck up. So wait, are you like allocating <laughs> listening time? Or you just mean when you like, I'm going to listen to this record, you will okay, just sit like and listen art, to it. Like 
art too. It's like, oh, if don't look if, around here for art. It, we're in an you know Airbnb. Oh well, if, it, if let's say it's it just up on the walls and it's just like super I mean, this, passive this or something. Art, yeah. So like, I'm not really experiencing it. But, a glance. But you can't. Yeah, exactly. But can you look at that and and you know don't analyze you, it and sit there and and have it like resonate do, resonate yeah. do something to you. You know, I think that those are the great artists, the great painters that we talk about. It's funny you say that because two days before this coming here, I went to an art gallery in Scotland. I haven't been to an art gallery since you would go like at school. And I was at school, I was too busy thinking about smoking weed. So like, I didn't care, but I went and it's the one, it's in Scotland and it, it has the Salvador Dali uh, crucifixion painting where it's like, christ above the earth and it's and it's like in its own room the room is dark i don't think i've seen that one. oh bro it's fucking sick simon can we pop that up there and i'll get it up for you right now yeah, or just I'll, I'll just search it. for it while i'm talking so it's in its own room and the room has like mood lighting and i went in and it was just like my fucking asshole started tingling like <laughs> i don't know what it was like it was like almost, you know, when something freaks you out. Like I, if I see a, this is weird. If I see like a fucking centipede, like even when you said the word centipede earlier, my asshole started tingling, like closed up, like don't go in here. But it was that same feeling. And it was like awe. I was like, I got chills and I was just looking at this fucking painting. Have you got it? I think so. It's like, um, no, it's not that. I'm going to get it. I'll get it up for you. Simon's already hopefully put the right one up. In Dali Christ, it's called Christ of Saint John of the Cross. It's a pretty fucking crazy name. It's this. What? Yeah. Have you got it? I think I have it now. Let me see. Just check that you've got it. You've got the right, the right guy. That's the guy. And it's huge, right? And it's in its own darkened room with a nice frame. And it was, it did something to me. And I was like, oh, I'm an art guy. Then you're like thinking about the history and thinking about when he painted it and all this stuff and what's going through his head and how on earth this man had never seen a suspended Christ above the earth. And that came from his brain. Creativity. So we were kind of talking about, you know, groups of five and all this kind of technical stuff in music. And I, and I think that's good. But there's also a spirit to art that we have to imbue. We, our humanity is not just zeros and ones. Our spirit is, it's the part of you that, transcends an algorithm should be right yeah um and when you look at a piece like that it's like uh, salvador dali has some trippy stuff and if he were just a technical painter and only thought in those he would paint apples and he would paint landscapes yeah. and you know he wouldn't be painting melting, melting stuff and shit all sorts of weird stuff and you, you know? are you know what we've just i feel like 
You're the Salvador Dali of the drum world, my friend. Whoa. Get yourself a little moustache. I think I can be trippier, though. Oh, you think you can be trippier than Salvador <laughs> Dali? I mean, you're already no, fairly fucking trippier. trippier. Than, oh, you no, mean you trippier can, than what I am right now. You, I mean, I'm surprised I'm, you're not wearing tie-dye. I'm trying to open myself up to um, not being bound it, by technical and and convention how are you doing and, that? and trying to understand my own playing before i play something i'm just trying to open myself up to allowing myself to play and jam more and just freely express and not question and analyze because when you get really good at that it becomes compulsory and, and you want to do that technically analyze stuff all the time and you, there's no there's no ceiling because you'll never play it completely perfect. So it's like diminishing returns at some point with like straight fucking, I'm just trying to get really good at this rigid section of music. Yeah. You can come pretty dang close and there's guys who really, it seems like they have, they have perfect timing, but um, doesn't mean I want to listen to them. Or yeah. enjoy also listening to them. Brings me next onto my next topic excellently. And also how much of this perfect timing is really perfect and how much is it is people fucking quantizing their drum videos. Else how do you feel about how do you feel about quantizing <laughs> drum let's let's do this. I think it's a lie. It's like, you know, that's why I like that you have like the natty or not. Type I stopped thing, doing but it for drummers, just, you know, because yeah. it's like, yeah, we should. Flex. It's kind of like uh, the beauty standards thing, where it's like it's 100, that's all how these I girls have it. the have these photos that are highly doctored, fucking and filters and all that like, shit. Oh, this is just me, and it's like that's it, not though, and it's bad for everyone else because they hold themselves to the standard that's created by a computer. And they can't ever replicate that, so they end up fucking, you know, looking, getting seated. You're getting seated, you fucking... Move. Well, okay, so... You're going to come when in I hot first here. heard, like, the first... When I heard the Animals' first record, I was like, holy shit, this drummer has the most perfect timing I've ever heard in my life. And... Meanwhile, it was it was programmed drums. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's... So guess what I started doing? I started drilling stuff like to be perfect, mm. like just like two hands, two feet, four hands, four feet, like just different patterns and like you know all sorts of different patterns, just trying to get absolutely as perfect as I could. So in a way, that naivety brought me fruit close it, it to being the machine. Bore fruit. Yeah, but at the same time, um, yeah, I think it's it's disingenuous for people to um, post videos and and edit and sample. Especially replace. video, especially video, like audio. Yeah. There is a con there is albums have always not always, but since the nineties or the early two thousands. You know, but the, the, it's the, like it's got to be perfect. Whatever the average you know? consumer that only hears radio songs or even dance songs, they don't know it, but they are programmed to hearing perfect metronomic time. So if you yeah. don't edit on a record, people will think the record is worse than it actually is because it's real. Meanwhile, the records from the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s sound great with natural feel, 
and no click. So it's like, okay, this is patently false. We've yeah. just been, what for whatever reason, conned into... Because it's easier for the producers and workflow that's, that's for them exactly to replace stuff is, yeah. later on. That's basically what it is. But if if I if I could have it my way, it's like I don't want any samples on my shit. Don't put samples on my shit. It, and don't I don't want it edited in the sense that I'm making micro edits. It's like, yes, I'll do a comp where I play through the song ten times and I might use the verse from you know, the second time I played through and then the chorus from the third time. And maybe it's like, here's these two measures that I grab. Like, basically, I want it to feel as perfect as I as it can feel. It doesn't always look perfect. That's what, that's what ed- editors and fucking producers and even like drummers when they're recording themselves, it doesn't look nice on the grid. So then they start going, well, I'll just nudge this one. And what now this one's out. No, I'll just nudge this one. And then it ends up, you've got Sometimes, a flat performance. You know, the way that we're perceiving time is not actually grid-based. It's more wave-like. Like, you can rush a fill and land and then slow down. And it feels better it was nice. than if you never moved from the grid. Yeah. And I think that's naturally how we like to hear music because there's some excitement, there's some push. You can actually create more tension. Like, uh, I've been listening to uh, this cat, Yamandu Costa. And um, he's a... Love that you used the word cat, by the way. <laughs> so jazz. There's. I'm going to uh, listen to this cat. So Javier turned me on to Meow. these cats. <laughs> these cats. These are... These are my dogs right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll, just, Hamilton, I'll be here all day. Hamilton de Holanda as well. And it's called Luz de Aurora. I don't know if you can see that, but... I'll have Simon pop it up. Yeah, this album is freaking incredible. And... What's, what's the genre? It's two classical guitars. Really? But it's folkloric Latin. It's like... Just, it's not just classical... Free, freaking it's, out. It's not... It's not white. It's not white. Western, <laughs> yeah, classical, like dry, dry dick, it's, for lack of better words. <laughs> it's not that. It's yeah. like it's got there's sabor, you know. There's like flavor. There's there's feeling. There's spicy. Yeah, and the, and they'll like they'll like certain parts. They get fat. They're still in tune with each other, like to a degree where it's like, wow, you guys are basically the same person, but they they'll speed up just ever so slightly but it creates tension and then they'll slow down on parts that are like dynamically softer too. And it's like, whoa, this, it was like elicits more of an emotional music. response. Yeah. Like actual, like a score or something. They're not on a fucking click. You got John Williams up there going, yeah, make it a little bit slower now. Kind of sick. I yeah, feel like that might, like that. I feel yeah. like that might be what separates animals. Even when people are like, Animals of the band, not meow and dogs. Um, cats, fuck me, I forgot the word cat there, even though we were saying it. But I think that's what separates is like maybe your, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Animals is going more down, because obviously, like you said, the first time was programmed drums, very, very gritty. Yeah. Then you join and it becomes more of a band flowing 
and every record gets flowier and flowier in yeah, my opinion. I, I still think, you know, so like Joe Motion was, um, you know, heavily sample replaced. Um, and really, yeah, yeah, you can, you can hear it. And it was like quantized. And it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, you actually stole some feeling and you got beef with Nolly. You got Nolly beef. Well, he, he didn't edit it. They just sent it out oh. at the time. I was like, you know, in the band for a couple of years and they're like, Oh, we're setting it to this guy. And I'm like, is, is he, you know, gonna like retain some natural feel? And they're like, yeah, but no, he quantized it and it's like I, I would not not like that um madness of many was not sample replaced at all um i did comp it and made edited it myself and then um the newest one obviously the live one is live there's no edits but like uh the newest one uh it was edited but like I was there throughout the process and I, and I was m more than any other project, like, okay, we'll get this more to the grid. But like, I was also like, you know, doing it with, uh, Nick, who's, uh, Nick Morzov, who, who was doing it with Javier. And, um, I was like, don't edit that. Just leave that. Like, basically that was like, Did you what I, I wanted more stuff left alone, but they, they ended up sample replacing a bunch of stuff too. And it's like, that's why I do the the playthroughs because I want 100% live, unquantized, unsampled drums that this is how I think the record should sound. The only the only time that I noticed at least drum wise. The, the only time I noticed a difference where I where I noticed I guess either sampling or maybe you just played it differently on the playthrough is I think Red Miso's got the blasting section. And there's a bit on your playthrough of it where you put a group of five in the blast beat, but it's not on the record. Mm. Do you even know what I'm talking about? You go like... There's a, there's a five in there. You don't even know, you don't even know what I'm fucking talking about. No, it might, have been, it, it might not have been maybe it's not 100% Red perfectly played. <clears throat> oh, no, no. It's, it's definitely you, you're in... Oh, you're talking about you're talking about microaggressions? No, I don't think I am. Is there okay. is there a blast in Red Miso? Before yeah. it goes, bam! Is that Red Miso? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The blast before that on the playthrough, there is like a group of five. Maybe it, it, I think the left hand is playing a group of five in the blast beat. Get, 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 get. Get, get, it, get. It's doing something. Get, 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 that, 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 that would be four. No, it's not. It's a win. Watch get, your get, fucking get, video get. back, bro. You are doing something, an odd group in the fucking left hand while a blast beat's happening. And I don't know if maybe you did it by accident, but it's not on the record, but it's fucking sick. Yeah. Well, some dynamics get like kind of that's messed what, with. Yeah, that made me think maybe there was some sampling. Yeah, maybe there was some sampling. And that got rid that's of it. one thing I really don't like is like, you know, yeah, I'm going like, I'm going like, so there's like a, my right hand's going like, on that little stack. And I want that to be heard, but like it's not heard as much on the record. And the, the difference between, 
I don't know. Uh, left hand stuff is is different as well. Obviously. I mean, I mean, it was a it was a compliment, but it's when I noticed that maybe oh maybe there's a little bit of sampling on the record. Every record has a bit of sampling. Straight this. The last Stray record, we actually got away. There's only two sections where the snare has been sampled, and it was just where there was, was a slower section. And we wanted a beefier snare, so we put, like, a fucking extra snare underneath the snare. But that's the first Stray record that's had almost no sampling. But let me fucking tell... And it, my shit's nowhere near as hard as yours. But it was just... Also, I tracked it with a broken back. That was difficult. But, like, mm. it... I had to do it. I, it was punch. You got a backy out of me. It was I, it fucking. It was punch in <laughs> central because we were trying to not use samples, and it fucking murdered me because it was just like I streamed the whole thing on Twitch because I wanted people to see the, the recording process. And people fucking roasted me because they're used to watching these quantized sample replaced drum playthrough videos where they think that guy just played a whole Whitechapel song and it sounded like the record. And that's because the guy didn't play the fucking song like the record and it's all fixed and it's all fucking edited. So yeah. when I'm punching in, like... That's also a different process. Like, you know, when do you write the song and then you track it? Like, how long do you have to, like, drill the song? It's, you know, it's not a crazy amount of time. No, not at all. Some of the songs, the stray songs we wrote in the studio and I'm tracking in five, day, five days after that. So it's like, yeah. I don't know the song, but, like, trying to keep trying to do no samples was I was doing maybe eight bars at a time for a lot of it. Yeah. And people were roasting me in the chat like, oh, this guy's bad at the drums. He has to keep stopping. And it's because of this fucking fake beauty aesthetic. Yeah. Where they were like, like I could have played three whole playthroughs of the song, rough comp, quantized, slap samples on it, would have sounded fucking amazing. But yeah. I like to think I'm an artist. I'm trying to push myself. Yeah, you're pushing yourself as well. That's that's I, a different thing. I want to come away from it proud as fuck. I don't want to come away from it. Imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've ever done it, but when I first started on YouTube, like when I was fucking young and, and everyone was doing it, I edited, I quantized, and I fucking sample replaced my drums. So that's why I know how fucking easy it is to do and how easy it is to fucking trick people. It's like three videos on my YouTube, old ones, Heart Machine playthroughs, and I fucking, I quantized them and I fucking sample replaced the fuck out of them because that's how I know it's fucking easy to do. But like, the imposter syndrome I got after that was so bad because everyone was like, oh, I love this video. And in my head, I was like, I know what it sounded like before it got fixed. And it was fucking, you know, 90% there, but definitely wouldn't have got the acclaim that it did had I left it unedited. Yeah. It bums me out, bro. And yeah. and I try and fucking, exp I try like the Natty or Not drum videos, like I really try to educate people with it, like slow it down, do this, do all this shit. And mm -hmm. still, there's people that either want to be tricked or are just, I don't know, are just so oblivious. They're like, you're just hating because you're not this good. And I'm like, motherfucker. They probably, they, they're not pro drummers. I mean, they play drums for fun. And so they, they're not really that skilled. They don't, you know, it's, it's surprising to me here in Nashville how many drummers have no idea how to, like, work Logic and Pro Tools. Really? Yeah. 
But yeah, just, they just play drums. They're just analog. Yes. Analog guys. Yes, bro. That, like, there's a lot of musicians out there like that. And so, like, not everyone is educated in this way. And, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole other thing to, it's a whole other discipline to learn about. And, but ultimately, you know, the, the, the craft in its purest form is a drummer playing either live or playing in a in a studio with mics and you know there's compression there's EQ but there's no sample replacing there's no quantizing there's no meddling with it afterwards what you got is what you got yeah. the only meddling is oh i'm going to raise the overhead level a little bit or i'm going to like balance the toms out yeah you know and there is a lot you can do like i've only realized from like Nolly's obviously Nolly is so unhappy with Joy Emotion, uh, but like there is with the correct engineer and correct compression and correct EQ and like you can it can sound sample replaced like it can fucking definitely be done. I know my my I sent Logic my uh, Logic I sent fucking Nolly my Twitch stream just the Logic file mm-hmm. and he put all the fucking plugins on and then. He sent me back, oh, how do you think this sounds? And I just immediately was like, why'd you put samples on it? And he was like, I didn't put samples. And then I took that logic session, plugged it in, and I sat on my kit and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking crazy. I can hear every single ghost note. Like, mm-hmm. it can be done without fucking the it's just laziness. I'll put samples on it. I don't want to I don't want to figure yeah. out the compression ratio for the bottom snare mic when I can just add a fucking 80 velocity snare it's instead. It's also a, the discipline of sample replacing is far and wide right now. And that's a lot of, uh, that's how our, a lot of producers are learning to mix drums is with samples. So like then when they get, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're mixing superior drums for everything that they're doing. And then they get a real drummer and they're like, oh, well, oh, there's a bunch of bleed in these Tom mics. Well, Yes. Yes, that's real of life. Of course. Yes. And they don't know how to deal with bleed, basically, is, yeah. is what it is. And So they're just fucking jazz Yeah, up. you got to kind of get a guy who is from old school, who knows all the vintage KM84 Neumann mics to use, or the U67s, or the... Sexy you know, the, the Big sexy 414s, or what... You know the C four fourteens or that's, whatever. I, they're on my that's list. They're on my like. I want Jinx. them. I want them for room mics. They're on my list, but they're so fucking expensive. Craig, yes, Craig, you are looking. You're glowing on this podcast. You're looking fresh. You're looking clean. You're looking like your immune system supported by your daily dose of vitamin C and selenium and folate and zinc and all those sorts of things. How have you done that? Well, it's from our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens. I take one scoop of AG1 by Athletic Greens every day of my life. It is a concentrated blend of 75 different ingredients, minerals, it's got vitamins, it's got stress adaptogen extracts, it's got probiotics and prebiotics. I take one scoop of it every morning, 250 milliliters of water. Side note, it low-key forces me to have a cup of water in the morning, but it tastes great. Tastes way better than normal, boring water. It 
makes me feel good. I, if I don't take it, I notice. This sounds like an insane plug, but I'm actually serious. I wouldn't have said yes to the plug otherwise. If I don't take it, I notice it. Not immediately, maybe like two or three d- days later, I sort of notice feeling a little bit sluggish. Maybe my bowel movements aren't so great. I also take the travel packs with me on tour. It saves a lot of hassle with customs, a lot of hassle with a million different pills and the people at the airport are like, what are these? Because you definitely look like you take drugs. I just show them the pack now. I don't even have to, but imagine this is a hypothetical thing. They look at the box. That looks branded, but not in that weird way that weed does branding. Look at the box. Bish, bash, bosh. Away you go. I love the fact that it gets delivered straight to my door. No faffing around at GNC or any of those places. First time I took it, forgot to have a coffee. Now, guess what? I have a coffee later in the morning. I have my AG1 first and then I do all my business. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and K2 and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash the downbeat. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash the downbeat. Check it out. While we're on that, you ever thought about doing... And like... Wait, fuck samples. You ever thought about doing a sample pack? <laughs> like, like, a, like a fucking Yeah, kit. it's on the way. It's on the way, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's kind of like me when I, on my computer. Yeah, uh, I, I can't uh, yeah. say it yet, but it's, it's going to be good. We it's, can, we can turn this off. It's going to be done correctly. We can turn this off and talk about it afterwards. Because yeah. we've probably got a lot to talk about that. Fuck you guys, you can't hear it. Uh, the reason I'm, uh, I feel okay morally doing it is because, like, cats can't always hire me you to You still play. need to write music as well. Exactly. And I use program bass all the time to play and practice to. And I write stuff on keys, and I put it in, and then I edit it, and I line it up so it's, like, pretty much perfect or whatever, and then I play to it. I use it as... A practice slash writing yeah. tool, and I don't see why guitar players would do anything different. And like, also, it it can get your if you if you are a band with no budget, it's fucking fun. Like look at Animals as Leaders, first record fucking programmed, sounds yeah. great. You can improve from there. It costs but what, zero dollars. It costs zero or however much. Imagine if we both had plugins to plug right now. It'd be so perfect. Costs one ninety nine for fucking use code downbeat. But like it can get you so far. But I really think when, when your band gets to that level, you should be thinking like, yes, it might cost a little bit more, but let's, let's fucking put our money where our mouths are and use some real drums. Not only do you employ a drummer who is out of work, but you're also employing an engineer. So I was actually with the with Joy of Motion. They were talking about programming drums, and I was like, "No, I would have fucking we, would, like, we wouldn't be friends." No, I was like, "Hey, I I will pay for the recording," <gasps> and they're like, "Well, you we don't uh," and I'm like, "That's how bad I want it. It's it should Wait, be you, me. You didn't. Though. It should be me." No, I didn't. Because thank God they're like because no, that's, that that's was not shitty. right. Yeah, that's yeah. not right. That's yeah. not. And, but that's the degree to which I'm going to go to have it be me. It sh- it should be. You know, Bro, if that, like if Joy of Motion was programmed drums, no offense, but your career would be like way further back than it is now. 
That album came out and every... Nolly sent me a video when you were in the studio recording Joy Emotion because it was fun. I didn't know who you were. That was like your coming out of the gate record. Nolly sent me a video from inside. I don't... Like, you had all the extra dries on or whatever. Fuck those guys, but... Uh, <laughs> They, they, they had like, and he sent me a video. And I was like, you need to see this drama. And then he sent me a video and I was like, oh my God. I don't even remember what part it was. But if that had been programmed drums, you'd have been waiting until, was Manus and Many after that? Yeah, 2016. And you, you by 2016, you were a fucking household name in drumming. And that you would have set, mm. been set back. When was Joy Emotion? 2014. Yeah, they set you back two years, bro. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank God you kicked up a fucking stink. Yeah. No. Then and yeah, that that was that first record was a yeah was a difficult one to come to a a, a, a compromise not, on. Yeah. You know. Do, do but, you not like it? Nolly doesn't like the mix. Everyone I've spoke to is kind of just a bit weird about it. I love it. Yeah. No. When I listen back, I'm I'm like. Okay, yeah, I would like it to sound more natural. It's it's overcompressed. It, you know, you know, what I I really hoped was going to happen, but I understand not. When it was the fuck, I guess it'll be f fifteen years from the self-titled, or is it ten? Two thousand nine was the self-titled, wasn't mm -hmm. it? It was fucking ages ago. Yeah. yeah. So when it was ten years, I was hoping to God. I mean, you did the live album, which is cool, but I was hoping to God like a retract one with you playing drums. I'd suck someone's fucking dick clean off their body. Line up toasting. Line up toasting, line up heavy. <laughs> I'll do them both to get uh, that. That that would be required because they would have to retract their guitars because we don't have the stems from that record. We yeah. have like I'm good. I'm, bass I'm good. I'll be there all day. Synth, but like, yeah. It would everything would have to be retracked. But the, the fact but for now it's the, just live. We I, get, we I get love live. it. I love the live record. That's how actually I found out about Ronnie because I think I posted. Ronnie does sound for straight now. I uh, shout out Ronnie Young. I heard the live record, and I was super stoked to hear you on the because I hadn't seen you play with animals. I don't think to hear you on like tempting time and shit on shit like that. Yeah, and then I put it on and I went. Oh, like a literally beaming smile. I was like, this is unedited. This is a live album. This is. And then the mix was fucking sick, like nice live mix. It's good to be able to play the shit live and still resonate with people and not. Because some, some of these records, they're so um, synthesized and, you know, put to, put together by, held together by production. Yeah. And, uh, you know, false fronts that you go to hear them live and you're like, yeah, no, that doesn't. No, that's not right. Uh, yeah. We're big on that as well. Go see Meshuggah live and they will knock your balls straight off. Bro, let me, let me let's, Bro, let's do a Meshuggah tangent. Let's do a Meshuggah tangent right now because we just played three shows of Meshuggah. It was like a. They're, they're I think, um, they're a PED. <laughs> like, yeah. when you're lifting, like, I lit literally the other day, I was like in my gym and I'm like, yo, this shit, I can't. I what, was, what was the song? Do you remember? I don't know, man. You know what? Mo 
Oh, I thought I thought you were listening to Mashoga. No, no, it's just the gym music that they play is like very estrogenic, no, and it's like dumb. you know, cock rock or butt rock or butt cock rock. Uh, we walked into that gym this morning, rock. and it was literally that fucking band trapped, and I was like, oh my god, they played yeah. Disturbed twice, they played Spine Shank twice. It was like, yeah. So like, I put on Mashoga, and then instantly I was like. <laughs> And I did the same for my girlfriend too. Like I'm like, she's like, oh, I'm gonna lift, try to lift this, and I'm like, put this on, put this on. And she hit her PR. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it fucking it fucking works. My one, my sugar one is uh, born in dissonance. It's a relatively yeah. new one, but there's that one bit where it's, it's the most simple part in the song. It's after all the dun 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 dun. There's just one bit where it just doesn't open. Out of like it's like a fucking out of a bridge section and it just goes and it's fucking even now I'm like it opens give me up. a yeah. fucking weight right now. <laughs> but we did these three shows with my sugar. Sick. Number one, not my place to say, but he did say he wouldn't come on the podcast, so I'll fucking say whatever I like. Number one, you know like before this, and we'll get into it, I was telling Matt that I got a problem with my fucking right foot. I'm just shit with my right foot met thomas start talking within three fucking seconds he starts telling me he's got a problem with his foot and it's really annoying him and then i was just like this is the master with the same neuroses as me and then when i start talking to you and you're like i got that with my left foot i'm like we are all human and people we're struggling man i love people will love to hear that but i then I had it like an interaction with him. It was like one interaction the whole three days. And I kind of just was like, I don't think that guy likes me. And it was horrible. <laughs> it's like, I don't think I was punishing or anything. I was just trying to be fucking, I, I, their press agent is a friend and they had asked him if he wanted to do the podcast on these shows. And he said, no. And that's why I came up to him. And I was like, just letting you know, like it's cool. We didn't do the podcast, whatever. But I was real friendly, not over friendly, not punishing. But I came away from it like, I don't think this guy likes me. They're it very was, reserved. It was, it was horrible. Know? They're not like, I don't think any of them are extroverted. I just don't think I'm good enough at the drums. Until him, alcohol is involved. In, for him then. to be friends with me. Yeah. No, You've done the sugar maybe, maybe get drunk together. And it. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't. I don't think he was drinking. I got drunk. I got all the techs. I got drunk with all the techs. They're the fucking best. Yeah. Hanging out. Jimmy. Like, Jimmy was the coolest. Was showing me all the fucking... Stuff. Tom, Thomas Huck's pedal setup. He's got an interesting pedal. He's the he's the one drummer that can get away with playing with gloves. That I'll be like, okay. Doesn't he only have one glove? And, and Mario, Mario, and and. Do you know my glove story? Mm -mm. Not like that. It's not a sexual one. Sadly, this time. My love glove. My love glove. Yeah, you know my love gloves that I put on before I lined up two dudes from Animals as Leaders to, to blow them to get fucking tempting time with Matt on it. No, I I looked at Mario and I looked at fucking Brad Wilt back in the day and I was like, I'm going to be... It was post-pandemic. It was the first tour back for post-pandemic and I was like, I'd had like a divorce glow up of myself. Like I dyed my fucking hair and shit and I was like feeling myself and I was like, I'm going to be a glove drummer. I'm going to be shirt off. <laughs> no. I'm going to be shirt off glove guy. Something someone should never consciously pursue. <laughs> right. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to come out. Like I'll, I'll put a bit of timber on me. I'm going to come out the gate post pandemic, glow up, 
gloves shirt off gloves i'm gonna look fucking like some kind of russian <laughs> you're freaking out i i didn't think to myself maybe i should try this in the practice room first i went straight in on gig one with gloves first block is four songs in a row without stopping played two bars and i'm sweating inside the glove it's a whole different way of playing it playing the drums i had no feel no finesse i couldn't do anything and i had to play like it for four fucking songs it was hell i don't know how they do it or why they do it feels horrible yeah very hard hitting uh, gloves should be done hitting very hard i hit hard i think though, bro yeah i know but i know it just i'm but, not saying yeah i don't uh, and you shouldn't want any finesse if you're going to be using gloves. Yeah, that's the that's the issue. But it was it was annoying because I was like, I think I look kind of cool. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, let me just get a fishnet crop top to go along with I've, this. And I could I could do it, <laughs> and then you know, what? I still in my head like, what about fingerless gloves? Maybe I'll try fingerless gloves. Bro, I just want to. I want to bring some Carter Buford can get away with the. T- he's got a golf gloves. He's got the golf gloves under the table and drumming on VHS. Yeah, yeah. That was a fucking game changer for me. Yeah, used to fucking love all that Hudson music DVDs. So uh, videos. What were you saying about uh, Thomas's pedals? He uses trick pedals, right? No, not now. I'm. Uh, I mean, if he used, he had. Dyna sinks, Tama ones, but like hold re- on, the, are, are those the direct drive? But he'd modded them and he had chains on Dyna sinks, hmm. and then they had it. He had like grip tape and shit on it. It was fucking crazy, crazy aren't, weird setup. Aren't those footboards long? They are long. Yeah, I realized uh, I was using the MCDs, the um, the DW direct the drive. The DW, yep. Well, it wasn't direct drive, it's chain drive. But it's the same... MDD would be machined uh, direct drive. Right, okay. MCD is machine chain drive. One of the holes in it. Yeah. But no I realized... Uh, well, I was using them for a while and I was very happy, but then... <clears throat> I don't know, I'm having these, these feet problems and I'm like, what is going on? And I realized part of it is those longer f- footboards allow for less um, leverage, basically. So really? like Yeah, so the 9,000, I'm back on the 9,000s, which have shorter footboards, like regular-sized footboards, and I can come straight from my hi-hat and hit the first hit with my left foot onto the because double pedal, and it'll... higher because... Yes, yeah, the, you know what? And, and there's like a point in the middle where it's like, this is perfect. And it's like those two inches that are just like. And that point is lower on a longer footboard. Yes. The perfect point. Yeah. And there's not as much like it, it's, it would be the amount that would be the sweet spot would be longer. What? Um, on the Wait, on the long board. Yes. Wouldn't that be nicer? And, a sweet spot that's longer. No. You look like I just shit on the floor, though. <laughs> no, this fucking smooth brain motherfucker. Dude, no, I don't. I don't. Whatever's going on 
and has been going on. I've been trying to figure it out. And like, I've been doing all these sort of things to figure it out. And the complete opposite of the Zen stuff we talked about. Like yeah. the intro. Just letting, just going with it. Cause like at a certain point you're like, no, there is a problem. And like even weighing my beaters, you what know, like, are you using? I'm using the MCD pedals beaters. What do they look like? Let me, let me pop these up. Yeah. They're kind of funny looking. I, I hate the DW beaters, the the regular ones. Those they're ones are too, they're big. like 100 grams or yeah. like 110 you, grams. You, I thought you were joking about weighing them. No, I'm dead serious, bro. What, 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 and, what and weight you got? 70. What are you the, using? The, are you using a coffee scale for this? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So like the, the Tama wood beaters, um, the Iron Cobra Tama wood beaters were actually sick for me. Those are like the perfect weight. Do you know, have you ever tried the trick ones? The flat as fuck ones? Mm, no. So I... I mean, but they I, look... I, are, are they the ones that have like a... It's like a rod? No, 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 no. That's the Axis ones. The trick, okay. the trick ones, I played an Amatama guy through and fucking through, but I did get a pair of direct drive. I got a pair of the... I basically want to copy the Thomas Hark thing, get the um, Dynasynchs and then try and put the chains on them. But it, that was born out of like, I'm, I was super happy with my Speed Cobras. But then I sat down on Matt, who plays drums for a band End. Fucking unbelievable drummer. Like, Rimshot Blast Beats at like fucking 250. He's crazy. Whoa. But he was, shout out Matt, he was playing 9000s with these trick beaters and I just sat on his kit. And I was just like, this is, sorry, but this is the best pedal I've ever sat in my fucking goddamn life. It was fucking nuts. The, tr the trick beaters are definitely worth a little. I'll try them. I'm, I'm looking at these MCD I'm ones. down to try anything They look pretty similar. Point. These look pretty similar in like size, the way the beater is. Um, let me find a picture of them. You don't need to pull this up, Simon. We were just fucking talking about beat beater shit. There's a couple of guys beating off. Um, trick drum beaters. Beating off about their feet. Beating off. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, it is the Pro V. Maybe it's a Dominator one? No, it's not. Oh, those actually, those beaters look great. Which one do you look at? The trick ones. Yeah, but I've just pulled one up and it looks like a fucking tennis ball. It's not that one. No, it's not. It's like... It looks a lot like the, the ones that are on the yeah, MCD or M. It kind of seems like maybe... This one? Yeah, that one. It kind of seems like DW knew, like tried those and knew they were good and were like, oh, let's just make that. They were on a pair of 9000s, just a straight 9000, not the XF. It was fucked up how good they felt and how good they sounded, bro, because they're just machine metal. They sounded like honestly. That's kind of what I'm looking for right now. The you're welcome, the trick drums. Stuff, the felt stuff is. I'm not feeling those. I I like wood or something hard. You know, that's not <laughs> what I was saying, Craig. It was too easy. Yeah, the 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 wood iron cobra ones were sick as fuck, but. I don't know why on, I guess it's so you could swap them out for like the plastic one or the felt one. But like the fact that it was rotatable mm -hmm. was dumb as fuck. Cause like you would have a show where. Well, they have a black 
thing in him, right? Black circle. Yeah. If you got different Tama beaters, they had red, and the red ones were knurled. And so there was grip on those, so I would replace those. I'd put the red gripped ones with the wood. Isn't it so and annoying then, that you got to do all this uh, Every shit? company has this stuff. I'd, Just make the these, good, make the best. You'd think. <laughs> but you yeah. would think. No, it's it's kind of like Apple with the with the different attachments and you know. Yeah, just, just do you know what though? Fucking air tags, bro. They saved my life. We wouldn't have had any of this. Because I was at the airport and they were like, Yeah, your bag isn't here, it's not on the and I was like, My bag is zero point zero nine uh kilometers from my location right now, I can show you. And then I showed the woman on the map, and she was like, "Oh, that's in the uh, that's the, that is the baggage place." And I was like, "Can you get someone to get it?" And then they got someone to get it. Wow, thanks. they really tried to do you like that. Yeah, thanks, Steve Jobs. Fucking sick. Although I had someone put an air tag, I was being tracked with an air tag at one point. Have you ever been in the vicinity of an air tag that isn't yours? Yes, it alerts you. It alerts you. So there was a, it was after I moved house, I moved apartment. I had an air tag moving with me back and forwards from my house to my new house and then mm-hmm. it was from my house to my studio. So it was either on I think people that helped me moved. The people that helped me move saw something that they wanted to steal because mm. they knew that I was going from my studio to pick up equipment and I was storing stuff at my studio in between the house move and it was in my car or something I don't know I could never find it and it was always there I sold the car in the end I still like, with the air tagging yeah because I was just like I don't know what's fucking going on Is that was your solution to the problem uh, my car was you were just going to sell it anyway. No, it, it was on its last fucking legs anyway hmm. and also the podcast popped off I've got, I bought a new car <laughs> there's probably a device that can sense those tracks where they are i mean yeah but and, and you could electronics. do electronics you know yeah. what the funny thing is and i have to apologize to my girlfriend here because it, it was it, you could you can make an air tag make a noise if it's not yours so like say i put an air tag on you right now secretly i'm not gonna mm-hmm. and when you go or home, in me when you go or in you just before we talk about retracking that first <laughs> album i and you go home and in your phone pops up, oh, there's an air tag traveling with you. You can make it make a noise. But if you're with the person that owns the air, air tag, no, it won't. But if you're with the person that owns the air tag, it won't make the noise. It will just alert the other person. So I was trying to make this air tag make a noise and it wasn't making a noise. And I was like, it's you. You're tracking me. You think I'm going off doing stuff. So you're tracking. Ends up it wasn't her. It was fucking just probably in my car or something. But it was like I was paranoid, bro. Mm. It's like these motherfuckers. Someone's tracking me. Aliens. Yeah. No, that's not a good feeling. Yeah, I would be searching high and low. Yeah, it was fucking bad. Just sold, but I, in fact, it was like I gave up and then I sold the car, and it disappeared. And I was like, oh, it was in my car interesting mm. some alien shit probably just some thieves probably thieves yeah no aliens yeah. just just thieving and they didn't thieve anything but I wonder what it was that they saw and they were like I'll have that 
Because I was, I was. Maybe it was you they wanted. Maybe, but they don't have an album that I need retract, <laughs> and that is my <laughs> sexual price. And there's not many. Let me compliment your band. There's not many people that I'm taking multiple loads to the mouth in order to retract. I'm honored. I think. It, it, can I even? <laughs> can I even think of another one? I don't. Maybe. Maybe I would take it for them to remix Gore by Deftones. But still, I don't think I think I would take one for that. You ever listen to Gore, the album Gore? Oh, thanks. Was it, it an early one? No, second to last. Oh, okay. The mix is... I'm not one of those guys that is like, oh, the mix ruined it, but the mix fucking ruined it. That sucks, because usually they have great... Yeah, drum that, sound, guitar I, sound. I think that's the only reason it really affected me. It's like you can't go from what you normally have to that. Mm. At least ease me in. Like Gojira eased us into their like more raw production sound. They like ramped it up. Way of all flesh, the greatest metal mix of all time, IMO. And then they went slightly more raw and then slightly more raw and then now they're wherever they are. But you can't come, you can't go from fucking like white pony digital bath to right. actual bath, analog bath. Yeah. You can't go from digital bath to analog bath. That's like the crown jewel for all sound guys. Yeah. It's fucking they, it. They play that. To the point that it's annoying as fuck, isn't it? No. Because no? I, I love that song. That oh, it's much. the best. I, the, I love the drum mix that much. I love the. Everything feels perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fucking it's crazy. I'd love him it's on perfect. the fucking podcast. I'd love to sit that motherfucker down. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to listen to that. Abe, what's up, bruv? But you know what? Do it. Uh, yeah, I want fucking... Now I think, not to go on about me, because this is a podcast about you. I'm just checking the cameras. No, Everything's still rolling. But like, the switch to super fucking movie... Has been helping with like, like I hit fucking Cannibal Corpse. I was like, you want to come to the podcast? I was like, yes. I was like, here's an episode. And then they go, yes. And then they come and do it. And then this episode is going to smash. I've got no fucking doubt. It's a smasher. I hope so. I hope so. And because of that, we're going to, I don't even want to do this to just actually sell your shit. But like, let's talk about. Let's talk about this, your left foot problem that I'm having a right foot problem. Just, mm-hmm. a, just a little bit. Yeah. And then how are you fixing that? So just, just talk, me, talk me through. Because this, this, well, this is, what is it called when they, they're like, when you see, it's like a fucking chip in the armor or something. Or, you know, oh, whatever. a chink in the chink armor. chink in the armor, yeah. Like, yeah. Because you look from afar... Like, oh, this guy's just got everything on fucking... He's, this guy's playing max settings, ultra HD, maxed out, nightmare mode. Yeah, every, everyone's human. Everyone has some drawback, even even the greats. Um, but yeah, my one of mine is, de- is definitely my left foot because I do so much right foot stuff. Like, so much... I don't know. I... I I want the ability to shed and rip on one foot yeah, and like not need double bass. But then I also want to be able to play some 
crazy double bass stuff. So, of course, my left foot is weaker, and so I'm basically trying to have my right foot teach my left foot, in a sense. And, like, I'll do motions that are, like, the slide motion. Doom, 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 yeah. doom, 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 doom. How do you practice the slide motion? Um... Like, is there, is there, like, if you were teaching a complete fucking beginner, because for my leg technique, foot technique, you start I am high a complete beginner. In, a, in a more, like, like calf raised position. Yeah, see, that's, and I've that's never more played of, like that. Yeah, you start there, and that's, and you kind of hit with the ankle, I guess, and then you drop the leg down, and that's where the leg hit. Wait, so like hits. this, like this. Watch this on video, you fucking idiots listening to it. Like that, or what? Is that stroke one? Like this, almost, yeah. Well, teach me properly. E- even, even higher. I would even say. higher, like that. Yeah, that's All the first right. hit. I'm on my fucking toes. This is what it would be. This kind of jumping rabbit motion is the first one. Dum 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 dum. Like the samba is a good one to work on that. Dum-dum, where are you? Dum-dum, where do you like? Are you thinking toe, hip? You're getting rid of the cans. What are you doing? You're getting get up a sweat from fix that. Fix my... Oh, right. I thought you were working up a fucking sweat from, from like four fucking hits. So this motherfucker. Get, look at that flex. You look fucking yoked, brother. Thank you. It's a work in progress. Hey, we're all, it's pretty good right now. Yeah, you look fucking jacked. Lost, some, lost some weight, so looking lean. What was you? Uh, no, I'm still on this fucking ankle thing. You don't have to teach me. Teach me right now. But like, how are you then applying that to your left foot? Like, what's the what's the exercises? You going through your own single put pedal lesson? Because I fucking love that lesson. Yeah, I've done I've done that. That's one tactic. Is like take all these right foot patterns that you would play with your single pedal, your right pedal, play it with the left, yeah. and basically have your left foot lead. Um. The other approach I'm taking, um, I, it's always multifaceted because, I don't know, uh, not everything's going to stick. And sometimes it's like cumulative. Like it takes multiple things to change your, the I don't know, your, your technique, basically. So I'm working on swivel to some degree. not hugely um i'm also working on like just ankle so just like uh, my if i wasn't in this deep couch i'm sorry i'm in in an airbnb right here yeah just like keeping your leg your knee where it is and tapping your foot yeah so how's the tension on your fucking hip when you're doing that like well obviously tight okay cool because right now that feels horrible to me yeah um but you're doing that on a pedal, so there is some resistance. What's your spring? Springs max? Springs are low. Loose My, as fuck. Loose, yeah. I'm literally just stealing everything you do, so just keep telling me things. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have my my beaters come back fairly far. It's like I've even measured it. I think it's um, nice. six or seven inches. <laughs> the, i'm i might like from get, the head to the beater the beater to the head when it's just sitting there on its own so you is that not default then you have to change that from stock i'm pretty sure that's like 
pretty much default. Okay. But I moved the chain slightly. Uh, um, I mean, I can't steal these because I've got different pedals, but loose. One show on that last tour, I was having like, this struggling with my right foot thing. And when I watched it, when, when I say struggling, when you say struggling, like we're not struggling. It's just for me, it's most times people won't perceive it. Yeah, yeah. They don't perceive it. But it's a feel thing where I'm like, this doesn't feel like I'm in control of what's happening. This is yeah. just, I'm, I'm getting it done. I can hear that the part is being played correctly, but it doesn't, I'm not having fun because I'm fucking thinking. Yeah. I want to not think. I want yeah. and I had one show where I ripped, and I mean I had a few shows when I ripped. If I'm honest, but like one where I was having a bad time, and then the next show I fucking ripped, and then the show after that, my springs came completely loose in sound check. And what I'd realised is I'd started the tour with pretty fucking high springs, too probably too high, like max tension, not max, but like three quarters. And then throughout transit, the pedal shaking around, my springs had come undone to a mm. point where I had one show where they were in the sweet spot, which must have been really loose because the next sound check, they fucking fell off. And now I've been chasing that. Yeah. Where was it? Loose is a move. What pedals are you using? On that, so I was using the Speed Cobras. Then I got the Dynasynchs. They, pa- they have an me. adjuster where it locks down, right? Yeah, but it's still to, to move them in transit you normally unhook both springs on the Iron Cobra to get them into the case. And then oh, that yeah. could then just fucking rattle around and then make it uh, Do you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And then it makes it loose. Now I get it. Yep, yep, yep. Whereas I think the ZWs just go straight in with, and you just push the beaters back and they go against the or other one. Or you don't leave the spring tensioned like that because that would, in effect... Over time, it's gonna loosen the tension that it actually has, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so what I do is unhook them. Take the beaters out, you know. Yeah. Oh, you, you unhook whoa, them, but for that's the DW, fucking huge brain shit. The, Just take the beaters out. I mean, the biggest fucking brain. <laughs> No. No, is that not big brains? Bro. No, it's just regular regular brain. <laughs> even smooth brain, I would say. I have really? Smooth brain a good I'm, amount of the time. I'm smoother than smooth. <laughs> Man, well, no, that blew my mind. You could I could just take the beers out. Yeah. I'm and fucking, just remember where they are. My brother in Christ, I'm so dumb. Or mark it with Sharpie. My tech marks everything. Sometimes it's like Bro, why are you marking? You don't need to mark that. He just let, he's obsessive. I'm obsessive with marking as well, but that's a neurosis where I'm like, oh, I felt a little bit weird today. I'm going to move slightly to the left and then I remark that. And then I play two shows where it's great. And then there's another show where it's shit. And I'm like, oh, it definitely wasn't that. And it was all in my fucking head. I need therapy, bro. (laughs) I need drum therapy. Yeah. No, the same shit happens to me. And I, I even have like my stool marked and I'll like, I'll move that. And then I'll be like, oh, I, I moved it up. But no, I think I need to move it back now. Yeah. And just like, there's a level of overthinking things. And part of this, dude, is probably we're on the road. We're supposed to be peak performance, yet how long is our sound check? And how long is the performance? An hour or two tops? Like, that's not enough to be peak performance. You should... 
We should have a drum kit and be able to play on that like for hours every day. A, a, what, a replica. That's what Mar- uh, not a little practice kit. That's what Mario was saying. Mario was saying, like I found this really cool because I when I think of Gojira, I think I know I know they've got families now. I got they got kids and shit. But like, I was like, how often do you practice? And uh, Mario was like, you know, maybe three or four hours. And I'm like, I don't know how many times a week. Thinking he, like maybe he goes at the weekend. He was like, oh, every day. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. You are so fucking cool, bro. It becomes like a part of your life and your mental health. Oh, yeah. But it can go the other way, though. How bad is a bad practice session? <sighs> you well, get the, I got the fucking, I got a touch of the tism if I have a fucking bad practice session. Like, I melt down. I like having a backup plan that's like usually like, okay, things aren't going great. It's not feeling great to play today. Like, I'm not going to work on creative stuff and stuff that requires an active brain and an expression and all this stuff. Like that's not today clearly. So I'm going to work on technical stuff. At what point do you make that decision in the practice session though? Is it super early on or is it like, okay, I've been throwing myself at this for an hour and it's not sticking. A half hour, hour of, of not going well. Yeah. And then you just just flip the script. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, I don't know. I think there's two kind of classes of practice. There's like the super technical, super focused. Oh, I'm working on this pattern, working on this technique or working on something very specific. Yeah. And then there's like, oh, I'm, I'm playing. I'm just playing. I'm jamming. I'm, it's a hour long drum solo or whatever. But like, there's also... I think once you've done enough practice and this is like you've hit like 10,000 hours or something, you, mm, you that's have the number. That's the yeah, number. something where you, you've proven you, you can do the discipline practice and you've done, you know, a good amount of jamming. Then you can be like, I'm going to do some in between form. Like I would play, and just jam or whatever, quote unquote. And then I come across something that's like, oh, that wasn't as clean as I'd like it. So then I go to play it again. And then I play it again. And maybe it's still not happening, so I have to slow it down. So it's like you're driving down a road and you hit a pothole. It's like you stop and you fill the pothole. Mm, Instead of... Just driving faster so you don't feel the pothole as exactly. much. Which is, yeah. Some people get really good at that, though. And they're so good at, like, being able to work through any amount of flub or anything. And they and they can excel and play really fast. And, you know, they're just more the artist ADD types, ADHD yeah. types. But, like, at a certain point, you know, you're going to want to master something. So, but they're doing it by traveling down the same roads, you know, um, often enough that they're mastering it. Whereas through convention, the Western thought is like, repeat this pattern mindfully. Yeah. Um, as opposed, but like there is some momentum that you gain from moving from one thing to another. 
So like, dude, if you're harping on something for, you know, 20, 30 minutes straight, it's like, you may not realize it, but that can really suck the life out of like you as a, as a, as a being kind of, you know, like there's some people are more geared. I'm more geared towards it, but I've also realized over time I'm less, I, I can do that less. Like I need more stimulation because I've been super stimulated by music that moves and changes and flows. So like once, once you get in a flow of going from one idea, working on it, next idea, next idea, next idea, work on it. Like, it it becomes effortless yeah. and you know hours go by when you're when you're practicing when you're playing and you're you are still practicing even though you're just playing but it's like you're practicing what not just working on some set of patterns or gaining some sort of facility you're working on expressing yourself and playing from basically like the like i said like the ether or yeah. something like just inspiration off of inspiration and listening to that voice and letting that voice guide you you're getting better at doing that so when you're like when you go to first off how often do you practice every day every single day yeah on a kit every day yeah i've seen yourself it's nice. i mean at, in my home yeah on the road it's like a pad every day for at least an hour. But pre-show every, or middle of the day? Pre-show. Yeah. Just like warm, uh, warm up. Sometimes middle of the day I'll get like more in. But yeah. I've started doing this thing where every few days, three or four days, I'll oh, go to a practice days. spot and some rehearsal studio and play for bring my pedals and play for like, I don't know, two to four hours that's fucking nuts and then, what on a day off great. or you'll go and play a show afterwards go and play a show because dude then i'm actually warmed up do you play the songs like from no, the show or you just no, go and i'll play parts yeah like i'll drill and i'll drill stuff that's similar to what i would be playing but also i just like improvise to a degree like improvising like that a lot just following my instincts or whatever, playing the new stuff allows me to bring in something new to those those open solo sections or even sections that don't have to be, you know, precisely this part played. Yeah. I can open them up and bring in new stuff and then I'm like, oh, you that. did earlier that day. No, I didn't even do it earlier that... I'm talking about, oh. like, I played... To I just play random shit that I want to play. And then somehow doing that opens me up to other possibilities of playing other stuff during the show. That's fucking cool. That's almost like in lifting when you're like, when you need a deload and you just like, I'll mix up exercises this week because I've reached a plateau with mm. everything. And, you, and this week I'm just going to do, I'll do dumbbell bench instead of, instead of flat barbell. And then when you go back to barbell, you're like, fuck i don't know what i did but this feels fucking good um if you're so if you're at home how long are you practicing for at home daily i'd say yeah two to four hours and is, is it sometimes it's six you fuck. know when i when i get like 
really into something or like I'm, I make a certain track or something. Do you go in with a plan when you practice or do you sit at the kit and go? I usually have things that I'm obsessing over. Uh, what did you do yesterday? Um, or last time you practiced? Yeah. I'm, I'm eating into your practice today, bro. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's worth it. And it oh, also sometimes brings in new ideas or like gives me make absence makes a heart grow fonder or something like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need a little. I, I feel like that more the older I get and the more practice that I put in. Um, but yeah, yesterday was, I was doing basically soloing cause I've, I've just got back like a few days ago. So being able to play freely is like amazing. And just like, I was working on this one thing that, uh, that I've been working on for a long time, but, um, I don't know. I was just soloing and I started going, uh, you know, and I'll be like, the whole time. Right. That's what I was thought. So that's going, that's my ostinato. You're a fucking freak. And, and it's like, but not it's yeah 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 so i'm like having it leaning in so I can't even fucking do it. I can't even say it, so I can't play it. There's no yeah, fucking yeah. way. But uh, I don't know. I ended up playing that for like probably 15 minutes straight or something. But uh, I was working on a lot of other stuff. Just like I've been doing like singles on the basically single bass patterns, but hitting one note per tom. Okay. So like I'll be like, so I'm like hitting snare high mid low lowest and then snare lowest low mid high so like groups fight and then like all these different patterns yeah. that are based around hitting one hand per tom um what's the foot doing sometimes feet? it supplements in between sometimes it doesn't nice um but you don't have this but, written down. You just like, it's an idea that comes to you and then you start fucking. Yeah. I started writing down it. stuff less. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, sometimes that helps to keep it more fresh. Cause then you're not just like, Oh, there's these four patterns that I'm cycling through. It helps be like, open me up to other possibilities. Yeah, you, keep me open. Less reliant. As on soon as I write it down, it's like, now it's solidified, you know, whereas, I don't know, for some reason, I like not writing it down now and just being able to, instead of go through the motions of writing it down, go through the motions of playing it and then trying to develop it. And, yeah. and then, I don't know. Would it, if, if you did something like that and then it would, you were like, this would be calling an animal song, how would you then shoehorn that? Like the seal writing for the next album or something like that. It's kind of so. I basically do all this work 
creating all these different rhythmic patterns and and um they might not ever make it into a song because it might not ever serve any song mm. so um, does it even get the like do, do you like send them over or how, I don't, how, I, do, how does animals a write a distilling song? process you know so right now i'm not in a distilling process i'm in a creative process i'm just allowing myself to come up with more possibilities and eventually i'm gonna be like all right i want to reap the harvest and you know then i'll i'll be like all right i'm gonna distill these patterns in a very specific way but i don't like in microaggressions these patterns ended up coming out because i was like okay this is a very neoclassical guitar thing that he's doing shred bass and he's got all these sex tuples like I'm like all right how would I play this like a piano player or like you know a guitar player or something um and so I kind of came up with I was already working on these patterns but then that kind of solidified me it, to me more is like this would be one note per note you know, mm. like a like an arpeggiator or something. You're not doubling two notes. We yeah. do that all the time on the drums where we're like snare, snare, tom, 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 you know. Yeah. So like, I don't know, I ended up just coming out. Coming up with patterns that were based around that idea of playing the drums like a piano at times and then also trying to adhere to the highs and lows of the guitar, I guess, is how I'd articulate it. How, this is, this is separate to that, but still on the subject. How does Animals as Leaders write a song? It's different. It could be, usually it comes from Tosin. He'll, he'll have two or three parts. And with, with program drums or just guitar? No, usually not. Just, just guitar? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I hate it when a guitarist is like, here's the fucking song. Yeah, and here's Learn the drums. It, and here's the drums. And then when you, when you, I get it all the time because we write with Will, our producer, and guitarists, they love, for some reason, they, they hold on to these kick drums. No, it has to be that. And then I play it how I would play it underneath. And then there's always, no, I'm really going to need that kick drum there. And in my head, quite a lot of the time, I'm like, but that's not what I would do. And that doesn't feel good to me. Just because it's making your chug a little bit fucking nicer, I like it without the kick. Yeah. And that becomes a whole fucking thing. So I, my dream... Demo-itis. Yeah, my dream... And it's always producers that way. I love World of Death, but it's always producers. I le- my dream is... And this is how we wrote a lot of the last album, was either I would come up with a cool drum beat, send it to Tom, and he would put guitar over the top of it, or he would come up with a cool guitar thing, and then I would play the drums underneath, and then that's the fucking part. That's yeah. my dream. Because then you can hear, you have a different mindset to the guitarist. So you might even hear where the one is differently. And then that allows mm. you to be like, I'll do it with where his one is and then flip it for one or, you know, stuff like that. That's a fucking dream. Yeah. Do, and then do you, do you jam? Do you jam? So it, that's one way is he, Tosin comes with something. There's also ones where we, we, we've written where it's, all drum patterns, yeah. which are, for me, it's not like, 
oh, I have this very specific drum part. It's actually a very specific phrase, rhythmic phrase. That's like, usually like monomyth is like, it's all about triplets in six. That's what it's all about. And it's all about using fives and sevens in that and arranging those in a beautiful way that's, you know, kind of elegant, but it still hits on, it still sounds simple somehow Yeah. where it's not overly complex, but there is beauty in the complexity if you dig, Yeah. you know? And like Arrhythmophobia was also like a, basically a drum song or whatever, where it had all these different patterns and... But then, you know, sometimes Hav comes with a song, um, like Nafel. He just came with that song, like, hey. And, you know, um, then, I don't know. We, we also, like, use, now we use, like, a combination of that. So, like, there will be parts where we're writing and we're, like, we get to a point and, like, we're, like, well, okay, what should we do now? And, like... You know, sometimes I'll come up with my bag of tricks and be like, yo, we could take this. And basically, like, like thoughts and prayers, you know, he, Tosin was playing some, you know, uh, it was like, it's something like that. And that's when I was like, yo, we should do these, you know, don't 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 and like then we ended up like shifting it slightly so it wasn't exactly just sevens, you know. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like I I we're playing off of each other's ideas too. I think it's cool that that is the case. There's just too many bands where the guitarist writes fucking everything, and that's it. And then you just don't get it. Makes things one dimensional. Yeah, yeah. The interplay between y'all's brains is gonna change shit. Like, like in thoughts and prayers, there's or uh, no, it's um, Gestalt's fall. There's a there's quintuplets in three, and like Tosin originally wanted it to just be, you know. Just what he's always done, which is groups of five and five, yeah, and sixteenth notes. And I was like, we should avoid like we've done that a lot, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, what about this? Is what I'm saying earlier, and you were like, no, we didn't mean to do that. That was I'm saying. You've leveled up to the fucking, and it is the next level is quintuplets. Yeah, that's what we changed it to. Yeah, yeah, and. Misha was there, and you know, at first Tosin was like, oh, "I don't want to, you know, do it, do it in three or whatever." And I'm like, "Dude, it, it sounds cooler." And because he was like, "Oh, it doesn't work," you know, or something. And Misha was like, "No, you, it sounds better with quintuplets in three. That's cool." Why and was Misha? And then there? Tosin's like, "Okay," because he was producing uh, quite a few songs. Really? Yep. Has it? Is that the first time he's been back? Yeah, since Droid Motion. Oh, that makes so much sense. I, lo- I love what he brings. Yeah. I, I love what he brings to stuff. Like, I'm not, a bit, I'm not actually a big periphery guy. I'm not, a, like, but his fucking brain and his ideas. He knows how to drill things, like, where it's simple enough, but, like, yeah, I think hits. He, I think he bridges the gap between... Musically, between you and I, as in like, 
I'm a little bit fucking simple. And you're a little bit... I've got, the, I've got a smooth brain. You've got a rigid brain. Brain, I said brain. And I think Misha knows... Because he ha, like Periphery has to be kind of poppy. Yeah. So he has that like, this is when you dumb it down, this is when you don't dumb it down. Yes. Mentality. He rides that line very well. And, I and he did that great when, when we were writing with him. Like when we're all in the same room, it was like, you know, each of our ideas can contribute. And it was like, he was just able, his workflow is ridiculous. Like, really? Yeah. And he's, in a programming, he's a Cubase guy as well, isn't he? But he's a fucking whiz with it. Yeah. And he's been on Cubase for forever. I kind of like the Cubase drum map. Oh, yeah. You can do quintuplets yeah. in three super easily. And, you can't do that in any other program. And what I like about it is the center of, you know, there's diamonds, I think, in fucking in the Cubase drum map. The center is on the line. Whereas, as in, like, here's the line and the center of the diamond, like in sight reading, yeah. a fucking piano roll is like the line is here and the beat starts at the line. Yeah. And that my brain finds that way harder to like look and read than the Cubase one. And the fact you can just press a button and you're in quintuplets and you can just go. Yes, that's also sick. So sick. But it's Cubase, which means using a PC, which means being a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. I'm not saying Misha Mansour is a pedophile, by the way. You kind of did. No. <laughs> if you were to extrapolate what you just said, I did not. Yeah. I did not mean that. Um, let's do something fun at the end. The thing is, I asked you your fucking top five bands last time, and it was done. We did it. I I started this dream festival section, and I keep how I I keep saying it on these podcasts because on these podcasts I'm trying not to do it because I fucking hate it. Because sometimes people just don't get into it, and they don't really like don't vibe with the idea. The idea of top five. No, not even top. Top five is pretty fucking easy. But like the idea of like, I had a thing where it's like a dream, a dream festival, and the only rule is like where. Oh uh, yeah, animals. we did that last time. No, last time I made you do your top five bands. No, we did a, a dream festival. Did we? Yeah. I don't think we did. I thought we did a top five. Anyway, go and listen to it. Don't watch this one. Finish this one to the end. Um. You like movies? Yeah. Love movies. There we go. Hero movies. This is this is my favorite bit. We're gonna to do top five movies. Matrix is number one. Fuck, it's always number one. Fuck yeah. Forever. Side note: Did you watch Resurrections? Or yeah. Where? Did you like it? Yeah. Yes, I loved it. Yeah. Everyone I speak to hates it. I don't know why. I mean, I love Trinity and Neo's love story. Yeah. And I thought it was modernized appropriately. Yeah. And it wasn't like, yeah, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with it. Do, do and also, do, do you know the story about what happened with Warner Brothers? No. Okay, so this should hopefully blow your mind and make you appreciate it even more. And whoever's listened to the last fucking three episodes of the podcast where I talk about The Matrix, then fucking just listen again. So... The that Warner Brothers, there was never going to be a Matrix 4. We're talking about Matrix 4 here, yeah. There was never going to be one. And Warner Brothers basically said, We own the rights 
there's going to be, went to the directors and said, there's going to be another Matrix movie, whether you're in it, whether you have a part of it or not. So do you want to be a part of it or not? And then they took that. That's in the movie. It's like meta because he's making the fucking game. They want him to make a sequel. He says no. And they say, well, we're going to make it without you. So the whole movie is like a metaphor for how they felt about Warner Brothers telling them. And then on top of that, they're like reference. It's basically a fuck you to Warner Brothers, but also be, it, it got put out on Warner Brothers. So it's like an even, even more meta level where it's like, well, fuck you. Fuck you again by putting it in the story of the movie, but then fuck you again that you are so obsessed with money that you also let me do this. So <laughs> fucking punk. I think I have heard this. I think I did hear that. I fucking love it. And I, and I, yeah, I saw that it was a part of it. Cool as shit. And their meeting, and, yeah. and their meetings and everything. Yeah. It was like self aware. Yeah. So, which again, like The Matrix. Fuck. Yeah. I loved it. Fuck anyone that doesn't like that movie. Anyway, movie number two Fight Club. Nice. Just a fucking classic. Yeah. I haven't seen it in Seen so it long. a million times. I haven't seen it in ages. Yeah, I watched it again like a few months ago because. When you watch My it, girlfriend hadn't seen it. I'm like, you're not I, a I complete it. person until I, you. We need to educate you. I love it when my girlfriend hasn't seen like a fucking classic. Number one, I'm, yeah. just, number one, I'm like, why am I even fucking with you? But yeah. then you show them and they're like, that was amazing. I was like, I wish I could experience that for the first time. Did she get the twist before it happened? You forget there's a twist. Uh, no, she didn't. Yeah. Oh, bottle that feeling and sell me it. Apparently, there's a bigger twist that, um, a big brain, even a big Marla, brain twist. even Marla was, uh, she was a figment of his imagination. And oh. when he was having sex with her, like it was like almost surreal and dreamlike. Yeah. And then he gets caught on the plane. They're like, we can't say that it was your dildo. We have to say it was a dildo that was found. Oh. So it was him playing with himself. <laughs> oh, that's fucking news to me. Yeah. Where, yeah, no, that's an even deeper twist. Uh, okay, number three Pulp Fiction. Nice. What's your, so I guess, what's your Tarantino ranking? This is my favorite part of the podcast. I don't care if people I mean, I don't know. They're all so different. It's, I don't know that it, that it's constructive. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fucking artist answer. I don't know. Rank I everything. Mean, everything is a sport. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't have to. Then Pulp what, Fiction's number one. What's your thoughts I mean, on uh, Inglorious Bastards? Loved it. That's my number one. I think I, I think. like Django more. Django's fucking... I mean, they're all fucking good. You know, and then... Um, the only one... Reservoir that, Dogs. The only one really I didn't good. fuck with. And I think it's a fucking... I just didn't give it enough time. Was the... The Hateful Eight? Is that him? Yep. It's the only one where I... I think it was just... I don't know. I just... It didn't resonate with me. It was all like in one room. Yeah. Basically. Maybe that's what it was. The setting like, was very limited, but like, I don't know. I thought they did a great job. With do that. you like a love story? There's three big love stories there. Your top three is Pulp Fiction's got a lovely fucking Bruce Willis French woman love yeah. story. Then you got Fight Club. 
Mm-hmm. Possibly not even a love story, but love story. No, I am definitely a hopeless romantic. Oh. Hopeful romantic, I'll say. Nice. Okay, number four. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I love comedies, so a Will Ferrell movie. You got definitely to, a Will Ferrell you've got movie. You've got to say one, though. What's it going to be? Uh, Step Brothers, I guess. Yeah. Unreal. First time I saw Step Brothers, I remember exactly where I was. It was fucking just the funniest shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. Uh, Pretty damn good. All right, give me another one. You got five. You got more five. You, you, know, you railed these off real fucking quick. Yeah. A Serbian film, number five. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was number one. I don't know. Some hero movie. I, I love don't, like don't, badass don't. fighting movies. If you're going to say a Marvel movie, I'm going to fucking end the podcast right now. Is Black Adam Marvel? <sighs> yeah, it counts No, as it's not. Yeah, it no, it's not. That's DC, isn't it? Oh, I'm from England. We don't fucking know. We had the Beano was our comic. I just saw that recently. I thought I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you thought it was awesome. I thought it was badass. Fucking, Bullets are... Like, you thought it was badass because of his fucking trench holders. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You're not putting... You're not putting <laughs> yeah, dude's a fucking legend. Uh, but you're uh, not putting Black Adam in your top five. I'm not, no, I'm not no, having no. it. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, just I don't know. Point is, it's some hero movie of someone being bad. Oh, you know what's a cool one that has some dope fighting in it, but that is a really cool story. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Fucking great movie. Yeah, such a good fucking movie. It's hard to find that like good fighting. But also good storyline. Yeah, like uh, it's rare. Have you ever seen the movie Old Boy? Korean movie. I've heard a lot about Old Boy. Old Boy's fucking sick. There's a fight. I'm gonna watch it. I need to watch it. There's a fight. I've heard too many times. There's a fight scene in Old Boy, which is one shot, and he comes out of an elevator. And I think at the time it was the most amount of people like put down before like fucking John Wick. The most amount of people like taken out by one guy in a scene, mm-hmm. and it's one rolling shot. And he comes out of the elevator and he just fucking murks all of these people, and it is so fucking sick. That's sick. And again, if you like a twist at the end of the movie, the twist at the end of Old Boy is fucked up. It's so good. Yeah. And that's my hot take. Um, this was great. I hope. Thank you for having me. I hope you had fun. Thank you so much. I've had oh, a great yeah. day. Let me talk about the hospitality of this man. We went to the gym. This motherfucker was just that. We were just hanging out. He was stoked to do the podcast. Sometimes I hit people up and I'm like, would you please do my podcast again? He was stoked. What we didn't get into, but I'll just, you know, I'll plug it at the end, is your online lessons. Yeah, yeah. People, people know. Yeah, but they fucking changed my, the way I play the drums, mastering time. One, I've, I've showed you, I've got them. I haven't got three yet. It, three actually has a bunch of stuff in there that it kind of should be in one that I realize like, okay, but it's kind of good that it's in three because then it kind of brings it back to like, there's groove, pocket, soul. And it's like, those probably should have been talked about in one, but also maybe it, it's what we end with, you know, because shit can get crazy complicated and it does. There's like nested tuplets that I go over and 
parallel well, time signatures and shit. Frank Zappa shit. You know, Crazier than Frank. Crazier than Frank Zappa. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. He was he, he was still limited in that he wasn't doing parallel time signatures. Nobody's really doing that. What's other than Tigran Masian? What's a parallel time signature? Like where you have like, you know, um, like one two three one two three one two one two one two three one two three one two one two three four five one two three four five. Daka 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 one two three four five six seven one two three four five six. Holy fucking goddamn shit! So it's based off of like a clave. Yeah. So it's not that you're playing. So I'm doing like three two two and then four or yeah three three two two and then four four three three and then five five four four. It's like I'm you know parallel universes. Jesus Christ! And that's in mastering time three. Yeah. And how much is Mastering Time 3 by Matt? Four by, million dollars. By, by the, the man with the most riches in his brain, Matt Gasker. How much is it actually? $69. Is actually? <laughs> nice. <laughs> but that's fu- How long is it? How long is it? You, you shoot them, they're fucking. Over two. No, I think it's actually three hours. Three right? hours. They're shot so pro. There's a lot of info in there. There's a There's a lot of. Which is nuts when you think Stuff. about it this way. Think about it this way. Getting a three-hour drum lesson off one of the fucking greats is going to cost one you... It's going to run you way more than that. My, a one-hour with me how much is, is an hour with, how much 150, is an hour? but I don't even really do lessons I, like I, that. I don't like uh, it Honestly, at, yeah. At this point, it's I'm so selfish with my time, and it's... And, and it's out there. You're putting it's, the content out. Unless somebody goes through the stuff on my website and like assimilates that stuff and then is like, okay, now I want to get a lesson. Now I'm ready. It's like, okay, maybe you are. Maybe I'll get a lesson. Let's see. I'll Let, give you one for free. We'll and guess what? I'll, I'll, we'll ins- hang I'll insist play. that I put it. I'm going to get three. I'm going to nerd them all out. This is what we're going to fucking do. This is a nice way to end the podcast. I'm gonna, I'll get three because I've got everything else. I'm going to go nuts on it because we'll do this again maybe next year. I would like to think that you would come back next year. Of course. Um, or next time you, you'll be in Glasgow. We'll just do it at the home rig. Yeah. Um, I'm going to nerd the fuck out. I got a kit. I'm going to pay you for a lesson and then we're going to do the podcast after the lesson. I'm going to talk about the man, the teacher, the myth, the legend. And we'll get a lift on. It's going to be a busy day. Yeah. Or we'll just, we'll just hang. You know, there, <laughs> no, I doesn't want... need to be a <laughs> no. podcast. And it doesn't need to be a podcast, but I need you the know? lesson, bro. Yeah, let's let's play. I'm not gonna put you on the spot. Just, you know, yeah, no, I, I will I will give you a lesson for free. I'm not gonna charge you. What a fucking guy! Everyone you're, else, you're, you've you've put me out there to the degree that you know now people have bought enough lessons where this man now gets a free lesson. Fuck you know? yeah, they've got like a fucking discount code deal. Um... You can put a discount code on this if you want, but 16. No, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you. 69 yeah. is fucking cheap. Relatively. Yeah. And have you got I to pack this? I, I always have you got short to pack myself. This one, two, and three. Have you got to pack this one, two, and three? No, I always, because I, I put the value so low 
or like I I put the price so low that I can't go lower than that. That's it's, how I feel with making clothes. I you yeah. can't get a fucking t-shirt this good for the price that I fucking sell it. Like, yeah. but you know, obviously I'm making money from it. But yeah, I want I want one of these shirts. This looks guess what? sick. These ship from the states. I can have this in your fucking house in fucking two days time. That's a great pump cover right there. Got you, bro. I got hoodies. I should fucking sick. These these are me as well. Yeah, and the shorts you were wearing for the gym, those were also downbeat. I might have. I brought a bunch of downbeat with me. Let's get off this fucking podcast. I love you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. You guys, I'll see you in the next one.